everybody and welcome to episode 467 of Conversation Street. This is about the episodes occurring between the 19th and the 23rd of April 2021. Hello, hello, hello to you. I am Michael. I'm Gemma. She is Gemma and we're going to be talking about episodes of Cory Broadcast. No, already said the date. What episodes are we doing? 103. Oh man, this is rubbish. 10,303 10, to 10,308. I'm full of energy or something. I'm full of the weekend joys today. And also, I quite enjoyed Coronation Street this week as well, so I'm looking forward to chatting about that later. Um, what's been going on this week? Quiz? Um, Anything hang happening? On. Hang on. Right, what? first of all, Pat from the Facebook group. Oh, yes. That you recover soon. Get well soon to Pat. Doing a bit of a Peter. She's got a bit of a bad leg, hasn't she? Yeah, so... But it's um, all right, because well I saw Peter. Soon. He's you now out of hospital by Monday, so... Yeah. Um, secondly, probably already well already there's now, yeah. a bit of news coming up I don't want you to miss it if you normally skip the news bit I've started a new account called Corrie Collective at Corrie Collect on Twitter which is a place to what ooh I'm just saying ooh I'm making to <laughs> aggregate Coronation Street related charity fundraisers so that's we're gonna, like you're that. going to talk more about that about in the news more, I don't I even know much about it I just want to let everybody know that that is, is coming so up new. in the news um, and now I'll do the quiz so this is things that happen between the 19th and the 23rd of April in years ending in 1 and 6 from coronationstreet.fandom.com. 19th of April, 1976. Which club is raided by the police when Ray Langton, Alf Roberts and a drunk Ernest Bishop were there watching strippers? Uh, that's the, I don't think it was the Capricorn Club, was it? It was the other one. Um, Zambezi. No. Capricorn Club. No. Oh. Gatsby Club. Gatsby Club. I was thinking that one. That you was, always say when you was, don't get it. You that was the other like, one that was, was in my head, that. I promise. Doesn't count. Um, I wasn't going to say Graffiti Club because that came later. 20th of April, 2001. There's loads of questions from this okay. uh, episode. Who do the croppers foster? 2001. Uh, Wayne. Zero. Fizz. No, Fizz. It's Fizz. You said it's Wayne Fizz. first. I'm saying Fizz. I got, I'm just, no, you I'm only just mixing said my fizz. gingers. You only said fizz when I said you got that wrong. Oh, so you didn't get the mark. Oh my gosh, sorry. Go on, in the zone, Michael. 20th of April, 2001. Fred and Evelyn, or Evelyn, go to dinner at Mike and Linda's flat, where a strange revelation occurs that leads to Fred leaving. What is it? Fred and Evelyn go to dinner I'm gonna say at Mike maybe and Linda's this is when, flat. Um, Fred finds out that Evelyn slash Evelyn is a bigamist. Ah, uh, no. Oh, but she was. She find, He finds <sighs> out that Evelyn is Linda's mother and Fred realises he's going out with a woman whose son held him at gunpoint in Fresh uh, No, that's not really the same thing, is it? No, zero, zero, zero. Not really. Oh, no. I thought... I did, is it last week I did awfully? Yep. Am I going to even... I think it's just an ongoing thing now. I think it is. 20th of April, 2001. Who is suspected of Toya's rape when he refuses to submit his DNA for testing? <laughs> um, the Masked Python. Is that your answer? Was the person that rescued her last right, week? Zero. Sam. What? Peter Barlow. Peter Barlow. Twentieth uh, of April, two thousand and sixteen. Who does Michelle take to a wedding oh, venue, only to be told by him that he will call off his wedding to Saskia and date her instead? <laughs> will glasses? Will glasses? Will glasses on glasses off? Is that five years ago? Um, okay. Will Chatterton is his yes. name. 
21st of April 1976, Stan Ogden wins a round in the Rovers Superbrain contest answering questions about which subject? Beer. No. Football. Yeah, Manchester United. You don't get marked for that. <laughs> Super League. 21st of April 2011, who is arrested for the rape of Maria Connor? I don't even know. What? Uh, Frank Foster. Yeah. He gets let off because there's no evidence. 22nd of April 2016, Kathy is unimpressed when who turns up for a shift at the cafe hungover with a new John Lennon tattoo? <laughs> I was going to say Roy until you said... Well, actually, Roy would never turn up late, would no, he? No, he, would never he lives look. there. Uh, it was Alex. Yeah, that's right. 22nd of April 2016, who is the ringleader of the Bullies of Bethany? Lauren. Yes. Lauren. Yanni. Chopping her haircut off. That's what David... He, didn't he? He chopped I, her hair off, remember? Did you say Yanni? No. So now I... Mm. 23rd of April 2001, who sets the cafe on fire after leaving a frying pan unattended? The cafe mm. on fire 2001. 23rd of April 2001. Gosh, I've not got a clue. Sets the place on fire. I don't even know who was. I don't know who was working there. It was Fizz. Fizz. She was trying to cook them a nice tea, and then she walked. Just walked that off. would make sense. Yeah, it would, wouldn't it? If you'd listened to the other questions. Yeah. Twenty third of April, two thousand and six. <sighs> Final question. You have got four right so far. Out of, I've got. I've got six four. wrong. Four yeah. out of ten. Okay. Blimey. Tracy tells everyone she had an abortion, but she admits to Charlie it's not true. He accuses her of using the money, £300, to buy what? <laughs> oh, yeah, I was supposed to get that. How am I supposed to know? Uh, <laughs> pair, uh, an item of clothing. Oh, you're so close because you nearly just said it. Zero. A pair of... pair of shoes. That's an item of clothing. No, it's not an accessory. So isn't. Um, if I, I said, don't accessorise my feet. If I said to you, put your clothes on, would you put your shoes on or would you put clothes on? Clothes? Yeah. Shoes aren't clothes. No, shoes, shoes are my clothes. No, they're not. If, I, if we were going out somewhere and you didn't have your shoes on, I wouldn't go, right, put your clothes on, we're going. Would I? I'd say, put your shoes on. Look, listen, when I'm teaching <laughs> children clothes in French at school, mm. le t-shirt, le pantalon, les chaussures, it's in the same topic. You get zero from me. Sorry. Come on, yeah, I'm not even going to tell you what your you score just, was. Can you just give me some sympathy easy questions next week, I'll try please? to. This is bad. It's really awful. You're just slipping. Birthday time, 25th of April, William Roach. Can, can, can please some listeners write in and say, yes, they were hard questions. I also got a terrible score this week, please. Don't tell me if you got higher than me. I don't want to know. William Roach, happy birthday to you. It really you? plays on your mind when you get them wrong, doesn't it? Yeah. How old is he? Is he 100 yet? He is not. 26th of April, Jonathan Kaplan, who played Martin Chavesky. One of my favourites. 27th of April, Chrissy Bond, who played Jenna Kamara. <laughs> Jenna. What did I say? No, that's the what he said. I just I thought I said having Jenny. memories of that classic character. 28th of April, Karen Bowes, who's Jack Webster III. How old's he now? 20? 100. <laughs> 30th of April, Tanisha Gorey, who plays Asha Alahan. Happy, oh, birthday, happy birthday to, to you her. all. That's Great. It. That is it. Right. We're going to get ready talking about this Coronation Street then. Uh, yep. This old Corrie programme. Let's do it. 
Right, so Street Talk time, and I am very, very excited to do Street Talk today. I loved this week's Coronation Street. I thought it was a really, really strong week, and after what feels like a very, very long time of meh episodes, or, you know, this bit was quite good, but I wasn't so sure about that, I thought this was an all-round pretty solid week. There's one storyline maybe that didn't grab me quite as much as the others, but um, this is the right mix of characters um, we obviously had our return in Sharon this week. The, the scripts were, were on point. I, I thought it was jolly, jolly, jolly good. And um, I'm looking forward to discussing it with you, Gemma. You've also enjoyed it, haven't you? Yes. I know I sometimes I catch you off guard at the beginning of these by asking you what you think, but we have discussed this already and we both agree this is a strong week. So um, if you want a bit of positivity on the podcast for a change, then hopefully um, the next uh, couple of hours might provide that. Um, we're going to start off with the rutting ties story. Um, which uh, Gemma and I are still getting extremely frustrated, but in a good way, boy. Um, still still keeping us hooked, that one. Um, and then we're going to have the, the Sharon Return storyline. I racked my brains for storyline titles for this this week. I could not think of anything that was decent. I've ended up with Bentley Repents with, with a question mark. Because, could it um, be Bentley if- Repently? Bentley Repently, maybe. she's not repent in any way. I think we could tell by the end of uh, tonight's episode that there's something... She's up to something. She's up to summit. Um, so, yeah, no no repentance Don't there. trust my, her. My other option was, uh, what did I have? Foster Sister Fisticuffs. Because it looked like um, her and Jenny could have been coming to blows at one point this week. And it's still possible. <sighs> the thing is about that is that feels like you're going down the route of foster sister fistula, which is not... Uh, I'm not going down that at all. I know, but it, it, it kind of feels like that's a neat way. Foster sister fisticuffs. It's just, it's just mm. having a fight. It's having a scrap. Um, we then got a bit more of the Seven Nina Budding story, which, again, we, we've been a bit like, yeah, whatever about so far. But this week, love Aww. it. Really, really lovely. Aww. And um, I have now removed the question mark from the Fei Fei put away storyline because... She's been banged up. Three years. Blimey. Um, Making a mountain out of a troll hill had a little bit, a couple of episodes this week, which I thought was okay. Um, And then I got two new storyline titles for you here. I I quite like these storyline titles, although they're both both a bit of a stretch. So, of course, I have to explain these before I say them. So this is the Peter storyline, everybody. Okay, you ready for this? So Peter, you know... Peter, part of the Carla and Peter shipping community that everyone's stunning at the moment. That sounds like a beginning of a tongue twister. Carla and Peter, what? Peter, I don't know, the way you said it. Look, you interrupted my flow of explaining the storyline title. So Peter and Carla, they get shipped quite a lot. Yeah, they get stunned, right? So that's half of it. And also, he's going to have his liver taken out, yeah? So I'm calling this story, until, until, for the foreseeable future, Stand and Delivered. Stand, 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 yeah, w- yeah, standing, yeah. delivered, like he's having his liver. Fans. Stand and deliver, nice. Can I just say, <laughs> I think we've totally missed a trick here because Why? we what? could have had Coronation Street relationship predictions where we guess who's going to end up hooking up with who. We could have called it the shipping forecast. I'm sure somebody else has already thought of this. I think we've thought of this before. I'm pretty sure we've mentioned that one on the podcast before. Oh, sorry. That's fine, it's fine. I mean, anyway. Stand, stand, stand and deliver. Stand and delivered. Stand and delivered. Stop it, stop 
criticising us. I'm not criticising you. Right. Michael, if, if reading it out is criticising <laughs> you, then you're insecure about your... <laughs> <laughs> well, get this one, everybody. Right, so ready. this is the Corey and Asher storyline, yeah? Corey and Asher, who need some kind of shipping name as well. Also, they're having sex. And also... That's disgusting. Ardy punched him in the face this week. So this, my storyline title for tonight's episode encapsulates all three of those. They need a shipping name. Yeah, they do. They've been shagging. Yeah. And they got punched in the face. Ready for this? No, Cor- I don't think I can be. Corash bang wallop. Corash. Corash, that's shipping name. Bang, because they banged. Banged each other. And wallop, because he got wallop in the face. Corash bang wallop. I, um, I'm pretty, oh, yeah, I'm pretty proud of that one. Okay. Corash bang wallop. Do you think that Corash is really the, the shipping name that is going to be embraced? It is now. Speak, speaking of banging, they're living all at it in between Wednesday and Friday's episodes this like night, weren't they? The, the beginning, the first few scenes of Friday of, of tonight's episodes, just who like shagged who last basically night? everyone had a, everyone a good and, night last Alina night. Nina and Tyrone, Nina, Nina and, and Seb, Seb, and Corey, Corey and Asher. Asher. Yeah, I assume I assume other people shocking stuff. Also, I hope they have all formed a bubble. That's all I can say. Right, I'm gonna get started with a rutting tie. Oh no, actually, maybe oh, I don't know. Which one do you want to do? I don't, I don't mind. Do you want me to do rutting ties, or do you want to do? I don't think I've done the Tyrone. One. Oh, haven't you? Oh, so you, I don't know. Uh, maybe no. I have. Maybe I haven't. What has the dirty little scrote Tyrone been up to <laughs> in, a, in our <laughs> completely impartial um, commentary on this storyline? One thing I just wanted to say up top was this is very, very much the embodiment of something a phenomena when you watch a soap that i think is an unconscious thing that perhaps we should be more aware of what in that you judge somebody by their intentions or by their actions mm-hmm. okay so when you are when you do something you genuinely judge your intentions by your your you generally judge it by your intentions okay so i intend to do something the, the result of that might not be what I intended, yeah. but as long as I had good intentions, it doesn't matter, yeah. right? So when you like a character, you I've said this before on the show, you tend to judge them by their intentions rather than their actions. So Tyrone never intended to wreck his family and abandon his children and leave Fizz by herself. Mm. His action, that's what he did. He intended to sort of follow his heart and make himself happy. Can you see what I'm, yeah. what I'm getting at here? Yeah. So I think that's, that some of the people who are being a bit more lenient on Tyrone are judging him by his intentions rather than his actions. Mm. And that's definitely a massive difference between the different types of people and how they react to him. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah I think so. I think, I think you're right. So oh, with that, that in mind, shall we be lenient on Tyrone? We'd no, say, we'll, no, we'll no see. is the answer. We will see. On Monday, Alina chats with Lucas. I don't know why Lucas is still around now. I'm kind of bored of him. Yeah. I am a little bit. When he came into it, it's like, I quite, oh, I quite like suave. this guy. I like but... him. And now he's just there. It's like, hello, everyone. You probably recognise me from um, other people who fancy me for different reasons. Yeah. Um, of all ages. I've found some mystery mushed potato up my sleeve. <laughs> it's really much potato up your sleeve. Like you no, know we have potato tonight, everybody. Oh. Come on, come on, we're relying oh, it's on you. It's all going up my lo- arm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> right, so Alina's chatting with Live Lucas. mashed potato discovery. Uh, only on conversation street. Off. I'm cold now. Alina chatting with Lucas. Oh, it's all under some of my fingernails. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she thanks right, him. Uh, uh, still on scene one here, everybody. <laughs> Going to be another long street She thanks him for the contacts he gave her. Um, what for? Well, he's just working with her at Underworld, isn't he? Underworld for what? Oh, no. Oh, no. Um, She's got her pop-up thing. Oh, yeah. She, oh, he's, he's given us some contacts or something. Some for people what? were for really doing... dirt, Somebody with really dirty nails or something. I don't know. Some of them are sharks. Sharks don't have nails. <laughs> <laughs> I know this. They're basically just... It's just leading up for an excuse for him he to invite, to invite her, her to lunch. He wants to invite her to lunch. Basically. Um, yeah, and she, she, he, he, she turns him down. Okay, and then Emma's listening... And then um, when he goes, Emma's like, oh, you should go, you should go for it. And um, you, you're still not after Tyrone, are you? Only an idiot would do that. Only a slaggy idiot. <laughs> and she says, no. Uh, meanwhile, Tyrone has had a bad night's sleep. He's still on the sofa. Yes. Fizz is kind of hoping that he'll end up back in the mouthful bed. But he just wants to blow up mattress. Men are only after one thing and it's disgusting. Tyrone has to hide behind the sofa in his pants. What a minute! Wait a minute. You're just you're just remembering this week's coronation tree. As this it, did is a you different watch scene where Tyrone has had it away with Alina. Yeah. And you didn't make this clear because one minute he's talking to Fizz about getting a blow up mattress, and the next minute he's getting his pants. I assumed that we might remember having watched this, but it never assume anything. Cut. Cut to Alina's Cut flat. to Tyrone and Alina have just had sex. Yes. And he's putting his trousers on when Emma comes in and he quickly hides behind the sofa. And Emma is thinks that she can see trousers that belong to Lucas. So she thinks that Alina and Lucas have got together and she's pleased for her because this is much better match than Tyrone. He's already got a family. And Alina's like, oh, yes, I have. Oh, yes, I Me and... Lucas, very he's, he's, a, he's such a much better match for Alina. He's closer to your age than Tyrone, isn't he? Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with age gaps. Um, she hurries off. She being Alina or Emma. Tyrone... <laughs> it's Emma, isn't it? This Tyrone... is a long time ago we watched this. It was, oh, five days ago. Uh, how dare you? If I wrote cryptic stuff like this, you'd call me out. This doesn't make sense. You've got genders completely the wrong way around in some I of these know. sentences. I have to I have to read this while also translating it into English. You're doing very well. <laughs> and remembering what happened and seeing if it matches what you've written. <laughs> well done, though. Thank you for making the notes. <laughs> I appreciate you. Ah, not like Tyrone and Fizz. Um, Tyrone asked Alina to keep up this story that she and Lucas were together and she's like oh I, I but I hate lying poor poor Alina's being forced to do something immoral for once in her life um, <laughs> she's just been lying flat on her back five minutes ago that's what she meant maybe I don't know <laughs> Alina uh, tells Emma I want to be pop on top <laughs> oh <laughs> Alina tells Emma that she wants her to keep this thing about Lucas quiet because she he's a client of work and she doesn't want to be unprofessional. <laughs> and Maria's there and she's like, okay, um, I will also keep this quiet. But she looks suspicious. And then uh, Maria works out when Emma says, 
when they were together that actually Lucas couldn't have been the one that Alina was having it off with because at that time she was doing Lucas's hair. What a mystery. Maria goes to visit Fizz and Fizz says, oh, I feel like things are going back to normal, but it's very difficult to tell with Tyrone. And Maria's just like, oh God, I'm not going to say anything. So she she's she sees Tyrone and tells him he's busted and she knows what they got up to. And he she tells him that he needs to tell Fizz the truth. And she says, he says, I, I can't. And she goes, well, I will then. And he's like, actually, maybe I can. So on Wednesday... He he basically spends half of Wednesday's episodes avoiding telling her, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, like making excuses for Just why about he can't to. do it right now. Um, he tells her, tells Alina in the morning he's going to tell Fizz the truth later that day. Emma tells Fizz about the fact that she thinks Alina and Lucas were at it together. And Fizz calls her a dirty cow, which I is fantastic. That. that was obviously that was, that was a callback to our... A quote from the uh, from the feedback it section. It was obviously the other a reference week. on Coronation Street Clearly. to our podcast <laughs> that they Dirty found cow. out. Dirty cows. Um, they say men are terrible, aren't they? Yeah, and everybody yeah. nods. They are all dirty cows. <laughs> Tyrone tells Kevin later. I'm definitely going to tell Fizz, but not right now because I'm busy. I've got to go off and a call out. Also, I have booked a hotel for me and Alina in Nutsford, and I think Nutsford is spelt with a K. Is it? <laughs> I think it is. I think it's Knutsford, but I'm not sure. I don't okay. Well, you wouldn't get... I think you'd book a hotel in the wrong part of the country. Anyway, um, Tyrone tells Alina about this hotel over the phone. She's like, well, I don't care about that. I want you to tell Fizz about us. And he's like, yeah, well, I can't because, you know, I've got to do the bookings of the hotel and make sure they put the mints on the pillows and stuff. Meanwhile... Fizz is telling Chesney about Lucas and he's like, well, that's probably a good thing that Alina and Lucas are together. And then she gets an email through. Tyrone has has made the fatal error of linking everything on his phone to Fizz's account. Yeah, we say it's a fatal error, but maybe he's just trying to, you know, trying to get Fizz to take a hint. Because twice in two episodes that he's accidental, not understanding how his phone works. I know. Ends up with Fizz. Well... We say this is stupid and this isn't the first time that this has happened, but judging from what I've read and seen about people's relationship problems, it seems to be a common theme of people sending each other the wrong messages the best or way getting to emails. get around this is just don't have relationship problems. Don't ever have a relationship. Have a perfect relationship. No, just don't like have a relationship. <laughs> just, just keep yourself to yourself, that's what I say. Um, <laughs> so she gets this email saying, congratulations on your hotel booking, and she knows it's not for her. I'm glad they didn't go down the route of her going. Oh, it's fantastic that Tyrone. I know that was quite refreshing. With me, she's like suspicious. She doesn't immediately just jump to the conclusion that it's Alina and Tyrone, but she certainly is very open to the possibility. So um, she goes over to the garage. Tyrone's not there. How convenient. She sees Kevin. He's a bit nervous. She asks him what's going on, and he's like, "Oh," and she starts getting upset and says, "I don't know what's happening, Kevin." And she, he tries to reassure her that everything's going to work out in the end, but he looks really sheepish when she walks off. Then Fizz sees Alina and Lucas coming out of the factory together, and she rushes over to them, going, oh, Lucas, watch out for this one. She's a right day, <laughs> Lucas is a bit confused, because obviously he has nothing, there's nothing going on with Alina, as far as he's concerned. And Alina says, hasn't Tyrone told you yet? And um, then... How did she say it? Hasn't Tyrone told you yet? Thank you. And then... 
Tyrone shows up in his truck. How awkward. And then Fizz says, how could you do this to me after all we've been through? And they have a bit of a Mexican standoff where they're all just standing looking at each other, socially distanced, because uh, <laughs> no, nobody's in each other's bubbles anymore. Um, I mean, what's the, eti- what's the COVID etiquette for sort of phasing out of somebody's bubble in a sexual manner? <laughs> I don't know. I, don't I mean, know. I, I think that um, Chris, what's this, Chris Whitty, is he the, he's going to have something to say about this. There were very strict rules about bubbles. Very true. Just because, just because we, I don't know how many, how many jabs you guys have had, but you know. All we you know is that go... Izzy is, is vaccinated. Apart from, as Don't far as we know, the whole around. of the rest of the street are just immune. Not this is immune. The thing. <laughs> That's the opposite of immune. Crawling with COVID. This is the thing that government should have been just very clear and stopped fanning around. They should have been like, no shagging, no kissing, no touching, no stroking. Yeah. Leave each other alone just for a year. How about that? They can't even do that, can they? So she's she's disgusted. It kind of is obvious what's going on. She stomps home, and then we have a heart to heart number two, when Tyrone and Fizz are talking again about the Another ruins of their relationship. Couple of scenes this was. Where are you at it all this time? She says in our bed, and Tyrone tries to get her to see that they're not a couple anymore. Um, you know, men often say that women hint too much. I think Tyrone's been hinting too much about this. He didn't actually really come out and say that he wanted to break up with her. He's just he's just kind of conveniently not letting her know one way or the other. Mm. And I think we said before in, in the show last week, like, I don't really know what their relationship is. And I think that Coronation Street was de- deliberately leaving it up in the air because they didn't know either. So that was very good. Um, so... Fizz is gutted because she says he made her think that they were maybe had a chance. And Tyrone says, I've not had an affair. I've done nothing wrong. Um, he admits that Kevin knows and Maria's found out and he, she gets mad and calls him a coward for not telling her. And it asks her, do you really love her? And Tyrone's like, Ask him, yeah. yeah, I do. No, I, don't love her. I, don't I do love her. Love her. Um, oh dear. Oh, tragic. So, Alina's on the bench with Emma and she's very upset about all this strife and uh, she insists it's not her fault. Um, and then she's like, oh, what have I done? Um, talking about the children. And <laughs> uh, Maria comes and has a go at her and she's like, you've won. Congratulations. And um, Alina, I really feel like Alina's playing dumb here. I don't, I don't buy it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I she... don't think... I think willful ignorance is the, the politest thing I can think of to describe this complete denial that she has. Like, as again, this is the thing. Judging by intentions versus actions. Alina seems to think that she's excused and absolved of any crime here because she didn't intend for this to happen. But unfortunately, her actions have led to this and these are the consequences. And she can't pretend that she had nothing to do with it just because she didn't mean it. She has a couple of times attempted to say, no, Tyrone, you need to go back you to your wife. You can't say, no, Tyrone, and then jump on his... Gemma, how rude. I know that was really rude, but that's what she did, isn't it? Yeah. I hope that... <laughs> Can we go back and delete that? <laughs> Maybe just bleep out a bit, a word, and we can insert what we like there. Um, <laughs> that's what she said. What do you want to insert instead of a... No, uh, right at the time. But anyway, so she's um, saying, oh, it's not my fault. Um, then 
Tyrone tells Fizz that she was the love of his life, but for, for the past few years, they've just grown apart. And they've stopped sleeping together, stopped looking at each other the way they used to, stopped kissing. Fizz is in bits. She says maybe she needed a few more looks and a few more kisses. It does seem like he's expecting her to have done all the work here. And... Yeah, that's what she's basically saying. She's like, oh, for the last few... I've just been feeling like I've been a mother, basically. Yeah. And he says, "I, you stop showing me that you love me. And she says, what more could I have done? Made a bit more of an effort, gone to the gym, slapped on a bit more makeup while I was making the kids tea. And then she says, I'm a real working woman, not a fantasy. And Hope is there like a childline advert with her head between the banisters of the staircase, listening to her parents having an argument, sadly cuddling a unicorn. It's like a, it was like the perfect NSPCC like poster child, literally. Yeah. Um, Tyrone goes back to the flat and tells Alina that everything's it's over between them. Fizz knows. He says it feels like a weight has been lifted and they can finally be together. And this is again when Alina's, Alina keeps throwing bricks in the way of this because she's like, oh, I haven't asked Emma and Seb if you're going to move in. And Tyrone's like, well, let's just go to this hotel. And she's like, oh, yeah, sure. May I hope I'm worthy of Natsford. And he says, oh, you really are. And then um, Fizz gets a visit from Maria to apologise about the fact that she knew all along that this was going on and didn't tell her. And, and, and Fizz takes it out on her, basically, and says, you should have told me. I would have told you. I'm not your friend anymore. You shouldn't have lied to me. And then we get to see, well, she, Fizz gets to watch from the doorstep wearing her, her mummy outfit of cardigan and dress as Alina and Tyrone excitedly giggling like two schoolgirls getting to the taxi and wearing their like, oh, finest... Oh, I forgot to bring my pyjamas. Oh. You won't need them, love. <laughs> and um, Tyrone's all done up in a suit like a blooming footballer off off on the lash. Um, and they like, get in the taxi and sort of head off to Nutsford whether you spell it with a K or an N. doesn't matter. They're going to have a good time. Rutting in Nutsford. Rutting in nutting. <laughs> <laughs> Slightly different from fucking and shagging. Yeah. Um, on Friday, Fizz is forlornly doing some laundry. You know, if there laundry. was... Oh, that's what you should call it. For laundry. For laundry and philandering. When you're sad and you have to still do the household chores. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Chez comes over because Hope and Ruby have been asking him what's going on. He's obviously been looking after them. And Tyrone comes in and Fizz is like, oh, hello, did you have a nice time? We got to tell the girls today about what's going on. We, we need to talk about what we're going to say. And he's like, no, and walks off. Well, he doesn't want to tell them yet, but she just wants to well, she's like, you get it out, out in the open. It's been hanging over all this time. It's not fair on the girls. That we're... I'm not particularly sure why Tyrone doesn't want to tell them now. I think it's just he doesn't want to tell them at all. But he can't get out of it, I'm afraid. He's not he's not ready for it yet. They're having a confrontation and then Hope shows up and it turns out that she's run away from school and she's got all these awkward questions that Tyrone doesn't want to answer. Like, are you gonna go and live with your new girlfriend and do you love her more than me? And when Tyrone asks her why she's asking these questions and how does she know about this, she's like, Oh, I heard it from Mummy. And Tyrone's like, oh, Fizz, it's all your fault. He, he's just relieved that he can blame somebody else. Yeah, he, he's assumed at this point that Fizz has been sitting Hope and Ruby down and telling them what a git their yeah. dad is. 
Um, he says, oh, you've been sticking the knife in when I'm not here. And obviously that's not the case. He rushes off to Alina and he's he's moaning at her about what awful person Fizz is. And if Alina had any illusions that this would not be like at least 50% of the next six months with Tyrone, she's wrong. The mm. next six months is, is Alina either shagging him or listening to him saying what an awful person Fizz is and how unreasonable she's being about the fact that he wants to shack up with a new woman and, and still wants her to, him, her to do his pants, clean his pants for him. So Emma comes in in the middle of this and the luggage is in the hallway and she's like, oh, you, are you moving in or something? And I, and um, they're like, oh, is that okay? And she's like, not really. You didn't even ask me. And this is really awkward for me because it makes me look like I'm taking sides and I, I'm not. And I was really proud of Emma for this because she stood up for herself and she didn't just let them walk all over her. Yeah, I thought it might be a bit of, oh, great, more the merrier. Yeah, and then, and then just go sigh to the camera. But no, she said, this is not acceptable. Really like that. Tyrone says, okay, well, I'll have to look for a place of my own Maybe you could move in with me. And she's like, oh, what a great idea. Uh, good good luck. Fizz has a difficult chat with Hope because she's upset about Daddy not wanting to live with them. And she works out, I think, that she overheard this. Yeah, I think so, yeah. And she says, look, we, we're all going to talk about this. Me, you, Ruby, Tyrone, we're going to explain it all properly. And Hope says, I don't want to see him. And then Chesney offers to come to take Ruby and Hope while... Well, I think Hope. I think Ruby's still at school but while Hope's teacher is blissfully unaware of the fact that then, you know, like, they had oh, one child down. Thank God down. that pyromaniac's left. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so, so, yeah, so he says, look, I'll, I'll look after the kids while you talk to Tyrone. Then we have drama because Gemma and um, Chesney are in a, in a bit of a tiz because only Hope's gone off and attacked Joseph whose arm is now in a sling because she does not deal with stress very well and uh, she hits people and sets fires because she's exciting. Chesney confronts Tyrone in the street and says, oh yeah, Hope Hope knew about his fa- your fancy piece because she heard you arguing. And he, he lays into him and basically blames him for Hope and what has happened to Joseph. So Tyrone goes and mopes to Alina who says, oh, the girls need you." So Fizz goes to the garage to find Tyrone. He's not there. She figures he's probably with Alina. And then she's looking at her phone and they suddenly connect to the cloud where for some reason they've got a family account of photographs and she gets to see the pictures of the hotel. It's very very convenient that there weren't any X-rated ones. I know. Luckily it was just... sex tape. Luckily it was... Nutsford sex tape. God. (laughs) Luckily it was just pictures of the food, and them smiling. What a pillock. Um, she tells him about what Hope has done and he needs to come with her to talk about it. And he's like, oh, it's not my fault. Um, I don't want to talk to her because I don't want her to upset her. And it's um, he, he, she doesn't like me anymore anyway, which is such a cowardly thing to say. Like, oh... I don't it want to talk really, to It really, really was like he's just avoiding responsibility here Completely. now. He, he, he doesn't want to... He knows that... I think he's feeling guilty about he, this. Yeah. He's to blame. He doesn't want to see, you know, his little daughter's heart break. Well, daughter-ish. Half, and, and know that he's the one that's responsible yeah, for is. this. So, um, 
She, so, like... she calls him out on it. So you're just trying to avoid responsibility. She goes back home and she gets Ed to change the locks. And Ed comes around and he talks to her about it. And he says, look, at the end of the day, the only thing that should matter is the girls. I thought that was a really nice scene. Yeah. This, you, you, we were talking about the fact that none of the Baileys ever have anything to do with anybody else on the street. And uh, I thought that must, must surely be Ed and Fizz's first scene together. I thought he came across as a really decent, understanding chap. I mean, Coronation Street's got a massive problem with lots of characters not having any friends. So Fizz, where this is the time really when Fizz would be looking for well, a, just told a sympathetic Maria where to shoulder go, to so cry. She, doesn't have she a did with Maria. Anymore. I mean, Toya, is she still friends with Fizz at the moment? I would say probably, but... I don't know why Fizz is going to her particularly. Must be very difficult, though, to, like, have a... If your friend's a counsellor, like, this is a, a, a problem I often hear between men and women where um, men try to solve problems and women just want you to listen. This is obviously a stereotype and generalisation, but a lot of the times friction between men and women is like, well, I tell him my problem... And then he tries to fix it for me. And I don't want him to do that. I want him to just listen. And um, I would imagine it's quite tempting if you're Toya to go, oh, well, you know, keep a diary and write your feelings down and, mm. and stuff. Whereas Fizz just wants her to go, yeah, yeah, he's a bastard. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it also must be very difficult to listen to somebody and be like, I know exactly what you should be doing, but you didn't ask <laughs> me. So. Don't want to have to charge you for my Exactly, advice. you can't afford it. <laughs> So, so, so Toya. <laughs> I love this bit. Tyrone tries to put his uh, key in the door, um, and it won't fit anymore. What a what I tell you what, it's a metaphor for their relationship, isn't it? <laughs> um, it the locks have been changed uh, physically and metaphorically, and he says to Fizz, he wants to speak to the kids, and she says, "No, it's all sorted now. You're not coming in. They're in the bath. They're settled out." And he says, "I want to tell them I love them," and she says, "Well, tough. I've done it for you." And closes the door in his face. Very cathartic there. <sighs> another another great week for this story, I have to say. I'm really, really pleased with how this is going. I think the pacing is just right as well. It's not feeling, you know, too rushed or anything, is it? No, no, I think... Um... It's just plodding along. It's, 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 feeling, it's just everything that they're doing is making it feel quite... Still just very real and relatable and natural and the only thing not I, um, um, over the, uh, blown, o- blown over the top or, you know. I think it a is a bit, you know um, I, mean. I think it's a bit accelerated now. It's not as bad as it was when we basically had a relationship between Alina and Tyrone based on him helping with a spreadsheet. No, I know. It, that, that's, that's, that's the problem. That really they, is unfortunate because it's still... If if they wanted me to feel sympathy for Alina and Tyrone, they should have spent a bit longer preparing the groundwork for them to have some kind of bond or and I, I, understanding I, with one another. I think that in the the Fizz and Tyrone scene on when Wednesday, whenever it was, <laughs> the, the, it wasn't you know as it wasn't the same as the epic nine minute or whatever it was, but um. I I really did enjoy that, and again the dialogue was incredibly relatable with her and her talking about you know she's she's a real woman, she, she, this is just a fantasy, and and all that. I, I think that Tyrone did a better job of selling, um, the fact that he'd been unhappy in their relationship. That this was the best he'd done, but I still. I don't know whether I was thinking well he just had time to prepare this speech or whether it was just a better script this time, but whatever is the case. The, the fact remains that we hadn't seen, as far as I'm concerned, 
this any of this sadness. We were just had to believe that that's what he said he was feeling. And I mean, I think in a it way, really needed to be shown. In a way, it's kind of good because we were blindsided the same way Fizz was, but it doesn't help me. It's yeah, but I mean that that works in the case of like Aiden's suicide, where it's like you never know what's going on underneath. Mm. But but this they. They, they could they have really, really laid the groundwork and, and they they didn't. But I mean, I know a lot of people who are on Tyrone's side in this were saying, no, they have had fizz nagging all this time. But I mean, we, we've said all this before. I just before haven't the... seen it. I, I, I don't get where, what's the... <sighs> what is the deal with nagging and people just dismissing it completely out of hand? Like... It's one thing if somebody's asking you to do something over and over again and you're going to do it, but you just can't do it right now. But just asking a man to do something in the house is not nagging. No, I know, I know. I, I think that she's, she's you know, she's a... a, a... Anyway, I like the fact... and you, you don't know what you're saying, do you? No, I don't know what I'm um, saying. I like the bit where Fizz said, this is what a real woman looks like. And normally I find that quite annoying, that phrase, real woman, because obviously it's made up by Dove to sell soap to people by saying it doesn't matter whether you're fat or thin, buy soap, you dirty cow. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think the the phrase real women often seems to be used to demean one group of woman, women against another, you know, like, oh, you're a real woman if you have a cardigan. But if you're if you're a size zero, you're not a real woman sort of thing. Mm. But what she was, she was being a bit more... Uh, she, less metaphorical, wasn't she? Because she's literally saying, Alina is a fantasy. Le- the Alina in your head is not the Alina that is real. I'm the real woman here. I'm the one that you know, and this is what I look like. This is the result of years of us being together and me helping you and supporting you by raising children and putting dinner on the table and cleaning your socks and things. This is what a real woman looks like. Mm. Alina... You've you've seen her walking around, you know, dressed up, uh, and undressed. You you've seen her putting her her best foot forward to you. What is Lena going to look like in twenty years' time? You know. Mm. Yeah. Um and, yeah, I just thought that was, and this it reminded me again of the of the scene, and I said this last week, the Love Actually scene when, um, Emma Thompson is saying to. Mm. Professor Snape, <laughs> this you know, you know, ah, uh, I've I've been here for you this whole time. Yeah, yeah. And it's not good enough, obviously. I I I got the impression with these two this week that they were, I don't know. I think they were trying to paint Tyrone as yeah. I think that they were trying to make us sympathise for Tyrone a little bit more this week. And I was feeling it. Like I said, I think he did a better job of of saying how awful or how how sad and how. Um, unfulfilling his life with Fizz had become. Um, I think that Fizz was being made to be made out to be a little bit harsh with the girls, especially at the end when he was saying, "No, you're not having anything to do with them." And I understand that you she mean harsh has, regarding the girls, yeah, re- not with yeah, them. yeah, regarding the girls. And I think she she really did have every right to slam the door in his face. She was angry. She's had her whole world turn upside down because of his raging libido. <laughs> um, but I, I I think that she. I still love her, and I'm still definitely, definitely on Team Fizz. But I think that there was a few things today where I was thinking, uh, uh, 
maybe I, not. I could, this, this is ammunition for the anti-team fizzers. Um, and, I and prefer be, it to be a bit more balanced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's real, isn't it? And also there are a few moments between Tyrone and Fizz, uh, between Tyrone and Alina, where it felt a little bit sweet in a way. The bit where, where she's like, oh, I hope I'm good enough and that's good. And the way that Alan delivered that line of, oh, you really are, it felt like oh, he does actually feel something for her and not just for I'm with this sexy young Romanian strumpet. And what was the other one that, that she said? Oh, just just the when he was talking about the weight's been lifted, he looked like really relieved and, and happy <laughs> and this and it has been a weight. So I know, but I, and so I'm not obnoxious. I'm not defecting at all. I'm just saying that I think Tyrone have painted him in a bit more of a sympathetic light this week and I wonder whether it's gonna continue and whether Fizz is gonna be, you know, cast more as the the villain. You know, she she's still the wrong woman at the end of the day, but I, I wonder whether the tide's going to be turning for, so for some people on TV. She was obviously good enough for him before this, wasn't it? Good enough, good enough. I think... Yeah, last week we had uh, Daniel as an adequate man. She has been an adequate woman. It just feels very bitter. Uh, I think a lot of... Uh, this is one of these stories that's not just about the story. It's about you and how where you are in your life and how you can relate to this or not. And... Um, just feels a bit like you know yeah you were you were good enough up to this point and now you now bye mm. i just think that if tyrone had acknowledged and thanked her for everything that she has done yeah up to this point would be a bit easier to swallow mm. because he's not even said anything like you've been been a brilliant mum you've been fantastic to me you've been I mean, he said that you were the love of my life, but he's not thanked her no. for, for everything that she's done. And obviously, I'm not saying that she's he's she's never had him do anything for her. But it would be nice if he said, I'm sorry that I've done this to you. Um, I really appreciate everything you've done. And I know it doesn't matter to you right now, but I want you to know that you were, are very special uh, it it felt like he was kind of trying to say it, but he couldn't maybe get those words out. And like I said, I'm not I'm not defecting here, but you don't need to apologise for sympathising with him because he he again represents people that this has happened to. Yeah, and I think that for his own kind of self defence mechanism, he's refusing to acknowledge what he's doing, and he won't say what he really needs to say to her to let her move on really because she feels like he's been ungrateful and he has taken and taken and not given anything back mm. and again this is a story that you project your own experiences onto so i'm projecting my experience of like being your wife for many years and doing lots of things around the house and being a real woman and being a real woman not not a dove buying woman um which is a brand of soap i don't know i guess it's in america as well so if you were to turn around tomorrow and go off with somebody, I would feel the same way that I feel for Fizz mm. about this relationship. Yeah. But if I was the one who found a bloke, a nice Romanian bloke, he does nails, and I was suddenly <laughs> like, oh, I feel like I, I, this guy's really hunky, and um, actually I don't, you're boring because all you do is talk about Coronation Street. <laughs> I might feel a completely different way about it. Yeah. But because of where I am in life, I I think that Fizz is the mm. 
the injured party. I'm glad that they brought the girls into it, or a, one of the girls into it this week, because um, Ruby was definitely very conspicuous by her absence this week, wasn't she? She was talked about a lot, but not shown. So I... It is unfortunate, because obviously Ruby is Tyrone's daughter, and Hope is um, Fizz's daughter. Yeah, and, and if, I think this would possibly feel better if it was Ruby that was upset by it, because I, I, I know Hope considers Tyrone to be her dad and everything but it's a very awkward situation because Ruby's already sort of been rejected by Tyrone because when she went through her pyromaniac phase I hope you're talking about oh sorry yeah when she went through that phase she and Fizz went away yeah and um Tyrone really did sort of distance himself from Hope Mm. when she was going through this like oh your daughter's doing this and they really had that kind of big rift between the two yeah and it's like does, yeah does daddy because really love me then, back then uh... yeah before then it felt more like they were a unit and then when hope started acting out the cracks became more apparent and i think that the cracks maybe were always there and i'm not sure i don't like that idea of this family who have been together for so long like having these secret rifts because of biology and who's whose genes are in whose mm. child it just feels really sad and um, I wonder whether it would feel a bit different if Ruby was there, like you said. Mm. Because it really feels like Tyrone, Tyrone's like, well, I'm not interested in Hope anymore. Yeah. Don't you think? I really think that because he's like, well, she doesn't, she's rejected me. And I think that that was a, I think he felt relieved. Like, good, it's her fault then. It's, Ru- it's Hope's fault because she rejected me first. It's such a childish way to react to a that, to that a, bit where he was saying, kid. "Oh, I don't want to go. She, I don't want to go and see her. She doesn't want to see me." Very that was, selfish. It really, and very really, really was. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I wonder, like, how whether he would leave Alina if it if he thought he was going to risk not seeing the girls again. Like, if if Fizz moved away, because a lot of people on the internet are still saying, "Well, Fizz has got no right to have that house. That's Tyrone's house." So if say she decided to move on and take the girls with her, what would he do then? Would, I mean. I, yeah, I don't, don't think what... he would care. I think it, what, I think about if, never um, seeing his daughters again. I think that um, other other people have done this in the past. The, this I, is not an unusual story. I think that I think the shine might quickly, Alina might lose her her shine if that's how I don't know. If it's I wonder what, what will happen when Alina works out that actually that house is is in Tyrone's name. Yeah, and yeah, not that's in true. a joint thing. Is she going to try and persuade him to to get his claws back and? I mean, change the locks again for himself. You can justify it from her perspective, like you know, this is your house. Why are you letting her kick you out? Um, it's sad that you don't love each other anymore, but especially that as they're looking, owe her anything. especially as they they're potentially looking for somewhere to live as yeah. well. She might say, well, look, why don't you just go back to your own house? But I suppose it all boils down to the fact that Tyrone is, is feeling a bit guilty about what he did. Well, just it's not, also... not guilty enough because he's having a lovely, lovely time. <laughs> also boils down to who's going to look after the children. Mm. And I think that if Alina were to say, oh, I will care for the children like Fizz does. Oh, just imagine if Fizz had to give up the children for... for Tyrone and Alina. If, if, I mean, they've both got equal right, Fizz and Tyrone, haven't they? What, over over the kids as a unit. So yeah. if Tyrone's like, no, I'm looking after them and I can provide the stable home with, with Alina. Yeah, because obviously in this, in this example, it's just, it is interesting to me that a lot of people kick up fuss about 
oh, the children go with the the mother all the time and it's not fair on the dad, etc. But it does seem like often it's just an unacknowledged um, joint decision that the mum takes the kids. Like, Tyrone never said, why why do you think that you get the kids? Mm. Why don't I get the kids? He never questioned it. He just kind of went, yeah, you get the kids, I get the girl, you know? Mm. And I don't think that's... I don't think that is something that doesn't happen in real life. I think that... um, it can I don't know I don't want to be unfair t- to to all men based on Tyrone's behavior but it's not something that I think is unusual mm. I just I don't want to I think it's really it's a really dangerous territory to get into this whole you know man versus woman dad versus mum because I really really want dads to get the rights and the acknowledgement for all the things that they do for children and their children because they do they do a lot of stuff but um in this example i'm not really impressed with tyrone and his willingness to just because when he was he he did he seemed grateful to move out because he was hurt in his back and he was sick of fizz being mean to him you'd think that he would be his heart would be breaking to be away from his children he had a couple of sad moments. If I, he, I don't know, I don't have children. I don't know what it's like. I have heard, I've heard that parents get quite attached. I can't imagine going. Yeah, okay, I'll see. I'll see you later, and leaving my kids. I wouldn't. I don't think I'd be able to do it. Mm. Just because of my back. Your I back think hurts, that lots it? of parents would sleep on a bed of nails if it meant that they could be around their children. Yeah, but they're only across the road, aren't they? I don't know. I. It's the, very dangerous. The funny to thing speak with all of this is, I'm, I'm, I think I still like Tyrone as a character, which is kind of going to show how well the all of the actors in this are, are doing this story. Even though I I hate Tyrone for what he's done with, yeah. If somebody hate was, the if sin, I, if I love the sinner, Michael, and I, and, I, and and if I was still to you know to be asked like who are some of your favourite characters at the moment, and Tyrone, I always kind of quite liked. I still put him up, but I don't think he's necessarily gone down in my estimation. But I still, it is it is a hate the sin, not the sinner, and um. Oh, I don't like him. I do, I don't not like him. I don't feel the same way as I do necessarily towards other well, characters like like Billy for example who I did used to really really like and now when Billy comes on it's like oh, the, all everything that's ooh. happened like, I, I don't, <laughs> yeah, I don't think I really actually. like you anymore I don't I don't want to see a Billy scene I definitely dislike Billy I, more I, but with the Tyrone when the Tyrone scene comes on even if like, even if Fizz isn't in it it's like great because I'm I'm really into this story which means that there's there is still the possibility for some kind of redemption maybe at the end because I, I want them to get back together and I think I would probably quickly forgive him see I guess I feel the same way even though I don't really want to I, I want to hate him but I feel the same way about him as I would do if he like punched a window and broke and like slashed his wrists I'd be like well what did you think was going to happen <laughs> You're an idiot and you deserve what you got, you know, but I can't be too mad at you. What did you because think? Because you've been punished enough. What did you think about how the whole reveal came about with Fizz and the uh, old uh, trousers over the sofa? I think that that's Very Lucas. I, I, I thought it felt fine. I, I enjoyed the, the moment when Fizz was, able, was putting two and two together there when Lucas didn't have a clue what she was going on about. I. I, I thought I, I'm glad it's out in the open, and I thought that was like you said, a bit, a little bit cliche, but it was fine. What do you think? 
What do you think, at the end of all this, what do you think is going to happen? Because in my mind, I keep going... I can't see Tyrone and Alina staying together. I keep thinking to myself, oh, I hope you didn't take him back. Because, and I think a lot of people are talking about what will Fizz do when Tyrone returns? And it's like, feels quite inevitable and like an unspoken, un- unacknowledged... Uh, assumption that people are making that this whole thing's going to go completely wrong between Tyrone and Alina and Tyrone will return to Fizz. Yeah, I mean, what I don't want to happen is for some some hunk to swoosh in and sweep Fizz, Fizz off her feet. Yeah, exactly. Because I'd, I'd be, I'd then, even, even though it's not Fizz's fault and she would be perfectly in the right to, to move on as Tyrone's the one that's done the dirty on her. I mean, he was saying in, in that scene this week, I didn't have an affair and I, I mean... Yes, you did. He he had one in his mind, didn't he, basically? He kissed somebody else. And it, this is what I said. It doesn't really matter what you think of somebody else's relationship, I guess. The the thing is, what do you? What are the boundaries within that relationship? Yeah. So it's not down to other people to judge what other, somebody else should be allowed to get away with in that relationship. But clearly, it's not okay between the two of them that he goes off and kisses somebody else. But what I was saying was that I, I quite like Fizz in her role as wronged single mother who's <laughs> who I can... Erin get really sympathetic <laughs> for and I think if she was to be swept away and have her own separate life I'd be like oh I, it does, yeah it wouldn't feel she's ha- she's happy now and I, I enjoy feeling don't want angry to be happy. I with her I, forever yeah yeah so I either want that or I want her to eventually get back with him and I, it, it still feels to me that they probably will I cannot see Fizz and uh, Ty- Tyrone and Alina lasting even though no, I can't like either. I said today they, they seem to be feeling a bit more like a couple but it's interesting we we have like the Seb and Alina which we'll get onto in a little bit and they've only been seeing each other for a handful of scenes haven't they yet there's feels more real passion and I'm friendship sorry there is so much more adorableness spark. and spark between those two that we've hardly seen than this kind of forced relationship between it does feel forced it's just for store the storyline purposes for, for like oh we're gonna have an affair for Tyrone and Alina right do you at the end of this right if Tyrone comes crawling back to, to Fizz, what do you want to happen? Because uh, I want her to tell him to get lost and never darken her doorstep again. And I'll tell you something else. I don't else. think I want that. I, when this happened with Sally and Kevin, Sally said that's not acceptable and she never took Kevin back. She did. After the, after the Natalie Horrocks affair. After Molly. Got- after the Molly affair, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see the ha- Natalie Horrocks No, that's thing. true, that's true. So when when this happened, so to me, they'd been together forever. I don't know about Natalie Horrocks, but then he went, what I saw of them was that they were a couple and then Molly came along, he went off with her and then she killed Molly with a knife <laughs> and a tram. Um, a tram, <laughs> <laughs> And then she said, that's it, no more, you bye. But they're friends again. They're friends, but I just love this, like... I'll forgive you, but you're not coming back and I will never forget what you did to me. And I always think it's weird, though. When you say I'll, I'll forgive, but I won't forget, it feels very interchangeable with I'll forget, but I won't forgive. Sa- Sally and Tim, are, 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 Sally and Kevin, sorry, are weirdly friendly. It's, it's so yeah, far it's that they, she had Kevin in her campaign video for mayor. Kevin's been the be- their best man. Yeah, it's weird. But I just really like this kind of like, no, I'm a rock. I am solid rock. You can't get in you can't that's it there's no there's nothing to give back to you you had your chance 
never, never, never forgive, never again. And I really want, I just really want Fizz to be like, nope, I, you had your chance, you threw it back at me, that's it, I will never, ever forgive you. I know, I, I just worry that Fizz would be cast even more adrift than she has been in, in recent years if she didn't go back with Tyrone. And, and if she ends up with someone else, I think, though, it's... Well, like I said, I, I, I don't want to see her with someone Well, no, I mean, they can have a new character or something know, or whatever, but... can't they? But no, oh, I, I don't know. I don't know what a satisfactory conclusion is for this at the moment. Um, I, I think... just really think that there should be consequences for what Tyrone did. I, I think I think if he goes through these consequences and if he is crawling over a bed of nails and over hot coals to get back to her and she rejects him a few times and then eventually takes him back, then that would probably no. leave me satisfied. I just... I understand, again, and I don't want people to feel like I'm judging them, I'm judging these characters, because this is what I see. And (laughs) the fact of the matter is, over the course of, like, a few weeks, he's gone from no problems whatsoever to I've always I've always hated you and you've never you always make me Piccadilly sandwiches. Yeah, that's not the same for me. And I... I'm going to leave you and I'm going to shag this girl while you still think that there's a chance for us to get back together. And, like, in the course of, like, three weeks, that's unacceptable. If it took place over a longer period of time and he split up with her and he said, I don't know where this is going with Alina. I don't think it's fair to stay with you while I want to pursue something with Alina. I'm not going to get together with her straight away. Let's get the kids sorted out first. Let's sort them out, make sure they're happy. Then maybe I'll see what is going to happen with me and Alina. That, to me... It's not not great for for Fizz because it's not her fault, but way way better and much more morally upstanding than shagging away with somebody and saying sorry I didn't know you would have a problem. <laughs> you, can you see what yeah, I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, the okay, time span okay. that bothers me. Yeah. Okay. Well. That's, and the fact that he that's the nature of soap, isn't it? And the blocking. And it the... isn't really though. Well, sometimes it, I, I suppose, soap is one of the few programs that can do these things in real time, mm. but they don't. They often. don't always choose to. Yeah. Should we move on to the next story? Do you want to say something about Maria farting? Um, what do you want to say about it? Gemma, you overheard Maria saying, "I thought I." What was it? She came to the she, door. She and came like, to you and I thought I. I thought I. And it sounded like I farted. Check out our social media if you want to see the clip. And we're not the only ones that said that because a lot of people have replied to us and said that as well. Yeah. Okay, so let's move on to the next story. Who are we going to judge now? We are going to judge Sharon Bentley <laughs> Gaskell. It's funny. She, she was barely Bentley at all in the in oh, the show. Bentley. In the in previous years. She was Sharon Gaskell right to the very end, but she's definitely still a Bentley, even though she has kicked him to the curb since. I would have thought that she might go back to her maiden name. Maybe that's in the future. But for Maybe now, she doesn't want to is get... She, is she Bentley repentant? it seems not maybe she doesn't want to give up all that sweet Bentley cash maybe maybe so um, it kind of starts off on Monday there was a few little hints that she was going to be coming and obviously it's been widely advertised in the soap press that we were going to be seeing a return for Sharon very very soon so um, I'm sure lots of people on Monday were going aha I think I know what's coming here but basically Brian gets a call at the cabin and this is in the middle of the trolling storyline as well saying that Rita has been nominated for the Golden Heart Award and he thinks it's another prank which doesn't make sense to me because I always thought that they had it written in the Golden Heart Award slash Weatherfield Good Samaritan rule book that somebody from Coronation Street had to be nominated every single year and nobody and else has done anything all year no, apart no, from Rita no, Exactly. So, but he's like, no, I, 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 putting the phone down. This must be another. This must be a prank. And honestly, just before we move on, I think it is a little bit ridiculous how much they are 
constantly going back to these silly awards it's it's getting a bit tedious it, it feels like the the writers don't have any other ideas up their sleeves does does seriously somebody f- what the people from the same street don't get nominated for the same community awards every time what's the What's the, the region of know. Weatherfield that you can be nominated for? Is it they're just because Coronation Street, there's all this crime and murder and drugs goes on there and they're just constantly rewarding it, like you're trying to reward the bad it's child like, to try um, and change its behaviour. It's like a participation award yeah. for not blowing up the street. But anyway, we've had... we've had re- Who do we have? Gemma was nominated for it. We had Aggie nominated well, for is, it. We had re- uh, Michael Rodwell nominated for it. Gemma was nominated for it for her work in helping Rita cross the road. Yeah, I know. It's ridiculous. Anyway, Brian says, no, this is just another prank. Bog off. Um, later on, Jenny's on the phone to Rita and she's she's mad because she thinks that somebody's hoaxed Rita. Plus, it's made Rita start to think that she hasn't done enough good in her life. She, I think maybe she maybe thought, oh, maybe, maybe it is real. No, it can't be real. Why would why would anybody do this to me? I'm I'm just a a lowly old paper seller vendor. And um, she and so she's so yeah. So Gemma, Emma, no. Jenny, that's right, sends Emma round to the um, cabin with a takeaway G&T. Double G&T, should I say. Well, Rita negotiates the double. She does, she does. She's still got it, hasn't she? <laughs> Wednesday is where it really all kicks off, though. So Gemma tells Rita that Brian's being very shifty about Cathy um, in the beginning of the episode. And then who walks in but Sharon Bleeding Bentley, um, played by the lovely um Tracy Bennett and this was I was so so excited to hear about this and if you listen to the uh, bonus podcast this week which is a character profile of Sharon you get all the backstory about what's been going on with her in years gone by on Coronation well, Street well it got updated again today yeah I mean it was already our character profile is out of date because we recorded it yesterday and a few few new um new details of uh, of her history have come about but never mind you'll know what they are this it's it's more about what happened what happened before Pre, pre-millennium. Um, so she, she comes in as like, Rita Sullivan, as I live and breathe, don't shoot. Because um, things were left on not so good terms between them last time that Sharon was in the show. So I think Rita got her, her fortune from some kind of malevolent genie because she's been blessed with a, a great, great deal of personal wealth. But it seems to have been at the expense of most of her very close relationships, especially with um, Jenny and Sharon, both of whom have tried to fleece her I for know. her money over the years. And it does feel as though it's like a curse, yeah. all this money. I don't know why Rita's holding on to it. She's like a dragon. <laughs> so Gemma is not happy to see Sharon. She's heard all about her. Rita is obviously very, very wary at first as well. And and um, Sharon starts off straight away going for the going for the sympathy vote by saying, "Oh well, you know, I've been I've been cancer free for a few months, and all my time ill made me reflect on my past behaviour." She wants to patch things up. She wants to sort it out. She wants to be forgiven. Gemma is still very very suspicious at this point, and Rita has been caught off guard a little bit. She doesn't know what to think because she knows what um, Sharon is like, and. Um, I think she's had the sob stories before. And and I'm kind of be as as I go through this, I'm gonna be talking about Sharon, I imagine, with the kind of slant as if we shouldn't really trust her. And although there's not it, it, this week wasn't dripping with evidence that Sharon's still a massive wrong'un, um, there was enough by the end of Friday that should 
make us, you know, be mightily suspicious of her, I would say. So they go off to the rovers anyway, Rita and Sharon do later. We learn that Sharon's not had any kids. I like the way she was just like, no, why would I want that? <laughs> There's quite a lot of women on Coronation Street who don't have children and they all have a twinkle in their eye. <laughs> uh, not, not poor Toya, that's a tear. Oh, um, Ian left her. Ian Bentley left her for a woman he met online. I love the way that she delivered that. It was just like, online? Uh, Gemma, the, the Rovers, is desperately ringing Jenny to try and get her over. It's like, you better get back round here quickly because you're, you're uh, what's, what's the opposite of a successor? You're pre-something or other. Predecessor? <laughs> predecessor, that's the one. Your predecessor is here. Get round here because she's trying to butter up Rita and probably try and fleece her. Um, Sharon's there in the booth with Rita name dropping old characters she says she's like oh are Sally and Sally and Kevin still here what about the Duckworths what about Dead. Terry um, what about Gail Dead. what about Leanne Dead. so um, I, I love that and I'm sure lots of uh, lots of long term fans it gave them lots of little memories about everything that Sharon got to with those various characters and poor Duckworths it was nice they got a mention interesting that she mentioned Terry because she had a fling with him um couple of times before in the past the answer so, to this is don't you have facebook oh yeah i know jenny strides into the rovers for a showdown and when i heard <laughs> that sharon was going to come back i thought this is going to be fantastic it's going to offer a bit more opportunity to see jenny on screen and surely they're going to have these two foster daughters clash and by gum they did i've I, been loving that, Sally and Mackie's I, i've been week. i've been i've uh, in this particular scene this this was everything that i could have wanted she's she's right in there go how dare you nominate rita for anything you don't know her you tried to lisa you you um you tried you sold the cabin from underneath her um, now you've upset, now you've upset her. rita she's in a tears because she hasn't actually done anything to serve the community <laughs> over a couple of years <laughs> she says and sharon's like you Sorry. know what i'm right and jenny's kind of caught off guard a little bit by this i think she was expecting to have a bit more of a fight on her hands but sharon's saying no you're, you're right it, it was all my fault um and 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 me and Rita, I'm trying to make you know, rebuild bridges with Rita now and Jenny's pretty mad that Rita has given Sharon the benefit of the doubt on this um, because she thinks that she cannot trust her any more than she can uh, throw her which was a little bit rich to be fair because the before Jenny's return a couple of years ago the last that Rita had seen of her was Jenny not fleecing her in exactly the same way but still trying to get some of her money off her wasn't it? I can't For remember the, um, where was it the beauty thing? Yeah, yeah. She wanted to set up a beauty business with Rita and get, get some money for that. And um... Yeah, so she went off. Then she came back um, for, like, an episode or something. Yeah, and I, and I seem with to... With Nikita. Re- I seem to remember... Yeah, and then, and then she... She said, listen, Rita, I've got this business proposal. And she had this plan and everything. And she said, I just need all this money. Yeah. And, um, and Rita was like, I'm not giving you this. I'm giving you a £1,000 and go, go away and never never talk to me again, basically. Yeah. And I think when, when Jenny came back, it took her longer than just a couple of episodes for Rita to forgive her as well. So Sharon's yeah. doing, still doing it good. Maybe Jenny's just jealous that she had to work harder for Rita's forgiveness after her period of... Um, well, yeah, she was in a grotty bed set, wasn't she? And Rita yeah. had to take pity on her. Yeah, eventually. Anyway, so um, Sharon, Sharon's got the benefit of the doubt from Rita, like I said. And so Jenny goes out the back of the pub and speaks to Ronnie. And there were a couple of scenes this week with Jenny and Ronnie, which is making me think, you watch yourself, Something's lady. going on. You're married to Johnny. Don't get eyes. Don't you give eyes to Ronnie. Ronnie, Johnny, Feels I'm like sorry, something's I going was on. confused. Ronnie, Johnny, something's going on, eh? 
is all I'm going to say there. And I don't that like one. it. Write that one down. You might um, need that later. She doesn't know what Sharon's game is, but she is going to find out. Brilliant. That's exactly what I wanted from Jenny. I'm really, really chuffed that she is not buying any She's of it. She's on her. the case. Although... On Friday's episode, Sharon seems to have pulled the wool over Jenny's eyes just a little bit. I don't know. Um, Gemma is also seeming to be warming to the idea of Sharon a little bit by the end of Wednesday's episode. But Jenny soon sets her straight. They say, we need to protect Rita at all costs. Jenny's, uh, Sharon's after her money. I do not trust her. So she has another go at Sharon when she comes into the pub later. She's like, I'm not going to let you hurt Rita again. Does. You've done your good Samaritan bit, says Jenny. Now bog off. Sharon says, fine. And then she whips out this £10,000 cheque to give to Rita, paying her back, kind of, for some of the money from last year, um, from last time. £45,000 yeah. in 99 money, which is, what, 79000 yeah, it's, money. I mean, it, it's something, isn't it? It's an it? instalment, yeah. is what that is. So she, Sharon, at this point, is feeling like, you know, the, the ball's in her court. And she's like, well, actually, I don't want Rita's money. Here's some money for her. I've written my phone number on the back. And if Rita wants to get in touch, touch with me, she can. And she's like, tra! And kind of swishes round with a, with a speed that would make Sean jealous and strides out of the Rovers fantastic so Rita's getting a check later and um she says look everyone deserves a second chance you know and um this the may, maybe I, I don't think this check's gonna bounce but if it does well still got my name on the telly about the Weatherfield Golden Heart I thought that was just thing. Barbara Knox <laughs> yeah. saying that at least uh, I got my I got my name credited in an episode for the first time this year so yeah I don't shrug. care if this if my if my wages check bounces <laughs> although Ian McLeod's gonna hear about it I tell you that no I was I was a little bit worried after Wednesday's episode to be fair to be honest that we weren't gonna see any of Sharon on Friday I thought it might be a she comes in gets Makes rejected does, yeah and then disappears off and then reappears next week so I was really really pleased to see that this story kept on going full pelt um on tonight's episode so Jenny comes around the cabin at the beginning of the episode with a bit of a, an apology for Rita and I was thinking oh no I don't I don't really want you to apologize you stood your ground you did this to protect her Jenny I, I don't blame you for this so um Rita decides that she's going to organize a slap up meal for her three daughters in the bistro later and Jen, Gemma is the third daughter and she was like you're saying, so me you're like oh they're not her daughters I, I don't when you when I you... don't put Gemma in the same level as uh, as Sharon and Jenny when it comes to Rita's fake offspring I like it when you when you die I'm going to collect foster children Okay. It were just grown adults that helped me across the road. <laughs> I, I thought it was so sweet. Rita was getting really quite emotional about the fact that it was going to be a bit of a family reunion. Oh, this is what I like. You know, they family can be what you make it, can't it? Yeah, it, it was... can be, not always. And sometimes your real family are, are actually the ones that you should get rid of. Yeah. I mean, considering a couple of years ago, Rita was feeling lonely and having Christmas trees falling over on top of I her know. in the flat. And now she's got... You're just lying you know, on a the little... floor going, well, I deserve it. Yeah, and that poor cat. Um, yeah, and, and and now she's she's got this family building up again. She's 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 chuffed about it. So and she's getting checks off them. Yeah, bonus. <laughs> this is why you have kids, isn't it? The they da- give you money when you're old. The daughters three turn up at the bistro later. Jenny starts trying to apologise. She's kind of tripping over her words a little bit and not really wanting to apologise. I don't think Jenny really ever has to apologise very often. I think she'd no, I rather just scowl at somebody who uh, she's wronged. But Sharon says, "Look, just stop." You were right to hate me and my motives. Um, 
I, I, I treated, I was a cow to Rita. You were right. I don't blame you whatsoever. So they all basically agree to forgive and forget. And they start having a nice giggle together. And Sharon proposes a toast, I think it was Sharon, to long lost sisters. But Aww. Jenny does still, she gives her a look at the end of that scene that kind of shows that she's still not 100% sure. Yeah. It's not like a I'm suspicious of you while your back is turned sort no, of look. No, it was, it was like just a, a little, hmm. little look down going, Mm, yeah, yeah. I, I, it, it, is she being honest here? I'm not sure. So um, they, uh, following on from Wednesday's Cory name drop, we had another another round of it on Friday's episode. I can't remember who they talked about again. It's probably the same characters again because there's only so many people that Sharon actually knew that she's there. Well, still the thing around is, there, there were people that were around in '99 that we don't care about anymore. Yeah, and and so. also Je- the fact that Jenny and Sharon hadn't met before no. means that they they were they here at different time periods, so they maybe haven't got people in common. Exactly. She does. She did mention Curly, didn't she? Oh yeah, Curly got a name drop, didn't yeah, she? You're yeah, right. Yeah. You're right. Bring um, back Curly. Who plays? Uh, what's his face? Kevin Kennedy. Kevin Kennedy's like somewhere, somewhere in Great Britain. Kevin Kennedy's went. What? My what? name on Coronation Curly, Street. Curly, what, what? In the cloud on the phone. You want me back? <laughs> Just say the word and I'm up there. Um, so Sharon's saying, look, I, I, to be honest, I want to be involved in Rita's life a little bit more. I've, I've been away from her for so long. I mean, to, to be honest, Sharon has only been part of Rita's life for about about a year and a half of Rita's entire life. Whereas the rest of it, she either didn't know or she's been away in disgrace. So um, she's got a lot of making up to do. Sometimes people leave a big impression on your heart. Oh, she did me. I thought, I I love you a bit of Sharon. She's great. Anyway, uh, Jenny and Gemma aren't too sure about her, you know, wheedling her way in here and thinking, hang on a minute. We don't want us to start splitting the wheel three ways. This is three ways now. This is (laughs) 33.333%. Not good. And then Rita... she's already had 45 Rita texts Sharon at this point and it it becomes apparent that the reason that she's so late for the meal at the bistro is she she purposely set this up. She just wanted the girls to to have a chance to chat together and get to know each other and her her plan worked, basically. (laughs) Gemma has to dash up at this point because she She's got an urgent sounding call from Chesney, and this is about um, Joseph being beaten up by him. Yeah, 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 getting kung fu done on him. Um, later, um, the ladies uh, Sharon Do you think and Jenny has been watching Cobra Kai. Probably, Jenny and Sharon are still getting on like a house on fire later. But eventually, Jenny says, "Like, I need to get back to the Rovers now. I've actually got some work to do." But at this moment, Rita rings up again, and Sharon starts turning on the wall. I know. Oh. She begs Rita to come over. She says, "Oh, I've got now to go home for." Rita can hear that she's upset, and she agrees to come over. And again, Jenny at this point was, I think she was starting to fall for it. I was what I was watching Jenny so so carefully this week because well, the last yeah. thing I want is for Jenny to a be completely fooled by Sharon. I want Jenny to get the last, you know, get the upper hand here, and I don't want Jenny to go back to her kind of, you know, ditzy persona that she sometimes puts on and you know completely blind to what's going on yeah. like like when um what's his face scott was around the rovers looking decidedly dodgy last year and jenny yeah, had no idea she thought that he was the bee's knees i don't need that with sharon i want jenny constantly on her tail well um sharon really i don't know if she's done her research on jenny or if this is just a happy coincidence as far as she's concerned managed to hit the right notes for Jenny to sympathise with her when she starts to talk about um, having her brother dying, Jenny's son died, and being alone 
Jenny's yeah, husband's they, they... in prison. So she can probably <laughs> sympathise. Are you laughing? Yeah, no, no, you're right. She can you're probably right. sympathise with this. Yeah, Wayne's dead, it turns out. And, and this, is, this is one of the reasons the YR character profile this week is already and out Gary of and somebody else. Yeah, she we, does the, the two nameless the two brothers did get, get a name yep. drop. And um, that, she just said, oh, I've not heard, I've not talked to them in Yonks. But she she realises that like going through cancer and no one being left, she, she got left Wayne's business in the will. She doesn't, doesn't say, say what, what that business is. Dodgy business, it sounds like to me. Um, and she needs a family more than ever now. And Rita reaches over over there with them at this point, and she offers to put a roof over Shannon, Sh- Shannon, Sharon's head for a little bit. And uh, yeah, like I said, Jenny seems to be falling for this too. It's like I'll be there across the road if ever you need me as well. Maybe she, maybe she does still suspect Sharon, but is kind of thinking this isn't the time to start objecting Bringing this up, because i think at the moment rita is gonna side with sharon there really is no point trying to trying to derail rita when she's in maternal mode no exactly exactly i and know what wayne's business is i'm surprised you didn't pick up on it what? he he makes toilet rolls that you can upload a picture of your worst enemy to the company mm. and they print that picture on the toilet roll yeah so you can wipe your bum with their face. Is that what it is, is it? Yeah. Okay, oh, I get it. Um, she, it was, imagine, take Michael, you... Sharon should have started crying in the bistro and then... Yeah, started wiping her face with Rita's... Pitch, pictures of Jenny. Oh, no. <laughs> you laugh, Michael. This was big business back this time last year when there was no toilet roll to be had anywhere. Very true, very true. That's probably what finished them off, all this overworking because of all the extra demand for toilet yeah. roll. So if anybody up to this point was suspicious of Sharon, you were proven... Probably to be quite right towards the end of the episode because she gets a very dodgy, suspicious-sounding phone call. She's standing outside the cabin at this point, kind of looking up at it, and she's telling mysterious caller, you'll get what you want soon enough. (laughs) What does that mean? Who's that? Who's she talking to? One might... One might think that she's after the cabin again or that she's just after Rita's money again um, or, so, or it could be something Yeah, who's she else. talking to? It's not Wayne because he's dead unless she's lying. Yeah, I, I, I can't speculate. You get what you want I'm afraid. Enough. I'm afraid I was a bit too excited about Sharon coming back to the programme and I may have had a sneaky look ahead and seen what spoilers are happening. So I, I, I can't say here. I wonder... I don't want what? to. I don't want to. I, well, I, I, I just don't want to speculate. All right, you don't need to keep saying that you don't want to speculate. But it's very because intriguing. I know. Some she's things. on the phone to somebody, and she says, "You'll get what you want." Now, who is this, and what do they want, and how does that relate, and who are they? How do they relate to this? This is very interesting because obviously, does that mean she's got a link to somebody they really know, or is it somebody else that's going to come in? That's another character. And is that a new character or is it somebody who's another old character from the past? Don't know. We're going to have to find out. hope we don't have to wait too long. Because what happens normally is that everybody guesses and they guess every possible person and somebody ends up being right just because yeah, so I, you I, get a thousand monkeys with a thousand typewriters. I don't even want to talk about it because I, I don't want to you give don't away You don't need to keep saying it, Michael. You've said it several week. times now. I get it. It, it, okay? was, it was a great, Let's talk great about ending. Sharon coming back. Oh, brilliant. I... I I, I often get excited about particular characters coming back and sometimes they don't meet my expectations. Like, you know, Brian Packham, for example. I was really, really chuffed to hear that he was coming back back in, when was it, 17, 16, when, when they brought him back? 2017, 2016, or wherever it was. Because in his first stint, Brian was a much, a much, delight. much 
yeah, likable character than well, he is now. Well, we saw a bit of that. We, we, we did see yeah. a bit of that. He was quite nice he's, this week, actually. But I've been let down a little bit by that. Slag off no, no, no. But, but Sharon absolutely lived up to my expectations. She's a little but nymph, she isn't she? She is I like fantastic. her. Tracy Bennett, what what a coup it is getting her back. She she is a fantastic actress. She's got so much, so much energy, hasn't she? She that every every line is delivered fantastically. She definitely really feels that she's yeah she she is. She's got the look. She's got the 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 intonation just right. She she's a good looking gal. She she looks like she has thought about how am I going to deliver every line here. Well, no, it doesn't look like that. She just does it. Well, no, she just yeah she she does it. But you can't see her working. No, no, you you absolutely can't. No, you're right. She she she, it's just oh fantastic. I I think that she is (laughs) brilliant. And and I'm feeling for her what I think everybody else felt for Debbie Webster when she came back. And I think Debbie's fab now. Oh, wonderful. But it took me a long time to to like Debbie. Well, I mean, you know, a few months to like Debbie. I think you liked her first. Yeah, I did. But it was, yeah, it was closer to Christmas where I was like, you know what? You know what? I'm actually enjoying Debbie. I I think it was when when she went bad. When when Debbie (laughs) first came in and she was just sitting in the desk in number 13, typing away on her laptop for a few months on her business. I was like, oh, she's not like, she's she's fine. But yeah, as soon as the whole Ray thing came out, I was like, awesome. Um, Because she's a bit of a bad girl. And you're right, what you're saying about Debbie and Sharon possibly teaming up. There's no reason at all why it could happen. But uh, that would be brilliant. Depends on who she was talking to on the phone, if it was Debbie. I I would love a team up between Debbie and Sharon. These eighties eighties returnees doing a bit of dodgy business together. Although Debbie has you know turned over a new leaf, hasn't she? And and what I'm what I'm I, whatever it is that Sharon is up to, um, maybe she is going to be able to turn over a new leaf. I would love it if Tracy Bennett could stay in the show, but I think she's. I, I, don't, I don't know what she wants. I don't know whether she wants to stay long term. I don't know whether Corrie want her want? long term. I don't know whether this was a, a saying that I'll be able to come in and do a short story or whether it's something that can last a bit longer. But if they are going to keep her in for longer, um, I would certainly... I could see a little... Uh, I, I don't know. I think just Debbie, they're, they're, they're similar, aren't they? They're just so feisty and fiery and spunky and a little bit evil and glammed up and you know they're just brilliant both of those and and everything the confrontation with Jenny met my expectations oh I'm just so so chuffed with it you are what god you love her don't you I think she's ace can I say something yes I am absolutely loving all these steely haired vixens coming in as like middle-aged women who are just so commanding and unapologetic and taking up space and being powerful and knowing what they want and and causing trouble for people. I think it's fantastic. I love Corrie for doing this because, you know... And Corrie's all about strong women, isn't it? Corrie is about strong women. Um, but I think we mentioned before that, you know, I think that they're doing a good job in, like, broadening their demographics a bit, you know? Because, mm. um... They're not really old enough, um, this group of people, to be oldie oldies. But they're like, you know, they're women who have established themselves in life. (laughs) They've got a few years under their belts and they know what they want out of life. And I really think that, I mean, maybe it's because we we do have women of this age but they've been kind of ground down a little bit by domesticity. Mm. Whereas you've got people like... Yeah, you're right, and these got, ones haven't. And I, I'm i going to add in Jenny here as well. She's a bit, she's younger, but this kind of like, you know, women 
middle-aged women just coming in and just showing that you don't have to be a, a leaner to be, you know, sexy, feisty, powerful, exciting woman who has got yeah, something something about her. They they all have something really sparky and amazing. And it's something that you really can only get with age and experience. And they're showing it off and I love it. Yeah, yeah. And it, the thing is about it is that it feels like you can't really talk about it without kind of insulting them in inverted commas by even mentioning that they are, have age, you know? Because being an, being an older woman is not really a complimentary thing to say about anybody. Mm. But... I love these characters because they're showing that you don't need to worry about that. They are, like I said, commanding and exciting and energetic and wonderful and attractive and well-groomed. They've got beautiful hair. They've got great fashion sense. There's something, there's somebody that you can look up to, you know? Mm. All, all of them, all of this, this group, I love them all and I, I'm really excited to see what they're going to get up to. I've, I've, and they're also troublemakers. I like this. That, because that, women, yeah, even... women wants you, you know, you're always supposed to be <clears throat> nice and kind and stuff. I think when you get to a certain age as a woman, you're like, oh, you know what, I don't it. even care anymore. <laughs> I'll do what I like, thank well, you I, I, I love the little look, and I don't know how many uh, uh, sort of listeners saw it, that Sharon gave uh, Rita when she was in the booth, and she was blowing her nose at one point. She just had a little look up at her, didn't mm-hmm. she? And it was that moment that I think a lot of people, well, some people, if you caught it, but I've looked and go, hang on a minute. What are you up to? She's Yeah, she's stringing her along here. She just gave her a little look as like, is she watching me? Is she falling for this? Yeah, I um, I will say with Sharon, I don't think say oh you know she's sparking command and she know what she wants. She's energetic, whatever. She's always been like that. She's not lost it. She's no. always been a bit of a a flighty. What are you up to? Same with Jenny. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and and, and Debbie I've, also I've to a certain on... extent. It really yeah. is a, the eighties revival of these these amazing. Yeah. I mean, you talk about the Golden Girls um, coming in. You have got Yasmin and. Kathy and Elaine. Elaine. I think these are like Charlie's Angels or something. Absolutely, absolutely. And I'm just thrilled at the prospect of this story bringing me back to the Jenny that I really, really love. I've I've always loved Jenny, but just over the last few years, it's felt like she's become just a little bit too naive, a little bit too, you know, get get Jenny drunk to cause a few laughs sometimes. She's just been the rivers taking her... Yeah. Along and now she's going back the other way like a salmon. Yeah, I I need to see Jenny get the last laugh here and, and I'm sure there'll be, you know, back and forth and Sharon will be on top. It's it feels like it's gonna be a proper cat and mouse game between these two brilliant I don't characters. Know if you, I think you mean cat and cat. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right, isn't it's it? It's a cat fight, cat is what fight, you're saying. Basically, between these two. It's gonna be brilliant. It's gonna uh, be I, exciting. Like you say, I hope that they do this where they give they give each, they give both characters a chance to triumph over each other. Yeah, not and just Sharon always beating Jenny. Yeah, because Jenny really is a character She's... that shines in adversity and with uh, a challenge and also fighting against somebody. Mm. And um, I li- I like that. I wonder if she's going to get. Um, I wonder if she's going to get Daisy in on this as well. She's just as a bit of a bit of young blood, a bit of ammunition there, because we haven't seen Daisy for a few weeks now since she um went off doing her MLM today. with with Sean. Um, yeah, oh, it's gonna it's gonna be fab. I, I, I want to see Daisy trying to sell Sharon some kind of collagen implants or something. <laughs> what I also want to see is we've talked about you know oh remember Sally and. 
Kevin, remember Gail, whatever. I want to see that a little bit as well. We've seen very little of Gail in recent months. And actually, not... So Kevin's been hanging around. He's been with the with the uh the, the Tyrone storyline this week. You'd have thought that with the fact that Mike Lavelle was, you know, on the books for this week, maybe they their paths might have crossed, but maybe the time is not right for this yet. But I hope we do get to see that because one of the things I didn't like about Martin's return a few um years ago, and that was very, very brief, is they didn't take the opportunity to have him catch up with all these other characters I that know, he would have known. So is, I, I, I do want to see that. I mean, it's a shame that Leanne's not here at the moment because that could have been quite quite fun. And when when Sharon knew Leanne, she was a lot more, you know, old school, late 90s, yeah. hard-faced cow yeah. Leanne and not the... Chavy Leanne. Yeah, Chavy Leanne, yeah. And and not the, the mum the that she's is, turned into. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> the thing is... um. The nostalgia fests are, are fine, but unfortunately, they are just all the same. Oh, I don't mind. They don't I happen d- very often. Kind of, oh, even even know. Jenny's um, Jenny's trip to France with Martin Platt to go wine picking, uh, grape picking, got mentioned <laughs> today. That's what she probably was. Today. <laughs> <laughs> I I just I was. It just super, ends up with them sitting and going, "Oh, do you remember so and so? Yeah, I do. They're dead." <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Well, oh, but... what happened to Martin? We ran off and made cheese. <laughs> um, okay. In my mind now, just so everybody knows, that's the canon of what happened to Martin Platt, is he's gone off to make Makes cheese. Australian cheese. Um, th- this is fantastic. There's 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 good stuff to come. Um, I'm excited. I, I Like I said, this rejuvenates some characters that I really like, and yeah. it also adds a bit of... Um, uh, excitement and uh, anything to do with Rita and uh, her past. I mean, she's going to be, uh, Sharon's going to be devastated when she finds out what happened to Dennis. Dennis? Why is she going to be? She didn't even know Dennis. Because it's Rita's son. She'll be pleased. Rita. Rita's, oh no, Rita's, Rita's husband. husband. Will she be pleased to know that there's somebody else cut out the will? <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. Thank you. <laughs> okay, she's right. She's pretending to ingratiate, ingratiating herself with Rita. Yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. You'd be terrible at it. Oh, Sharon, my, uh, Dennis is dead. So, <laughs> I don't know him. Okay, but well, that was another funny thing when they were reminiscing Rita's and they talked, son. I was they're talking about Sally or Gail and like and um, Sharon's like how many how many wives has she had and they're like don't start which is a bit which is kind of um, a bit tongue in cheek fourth wall breaking really because it used to be that you know you look at Gail and it's like, oh look how many husbands that she's had but I mean quite a lot of characters are racking up the um, the spouses at this point Who's, aren't they Steve McDonald is the one that's got had? the most what did you say no it's Sally she's you know she's been she's been married you said how many wives has she had oh, my wives about? husbands. Oh. Um, Yes, Steve. Yeah, she's Sally's had quite a few. Gail's had quite a few. Steve has. It's. I mean, Peter's just got married for the whatever it is seventh time. Well, Carla's or so. got married for the fifth time. Yeah, so it's not quite so special now. You can't quite. You can't poke fun at Gail for all her dead husbands, quite in the same way because <laughs> yeah, everyone's everyone's the same. Right, brilliant stuff. And another great, 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 great story this week was the Seven Nina. And I, oh, Jeremy, I'll pass it over to you because. Right, let me this talk is, about this it. This is so lovely. So on Monday, um, Seb has been gothed up to go away for this gig with um, Nina because Nina, he's quite intimidated uh, by 
you know, what to wear and everything. So he just puts on black clothes and then he um, he puts uh, eyeliner on and you, you pointed out something funny. Oh, I just said that the the, the funny the bit that matters kind of commentary here was that that must have been Harry Vizioni who did Vizioni who did this to himself. So the the poor did funnier. he purposely do a poor job or was that just him? I think like he did going, a pretty good job. I'd like to see you try to put eyeliner on. It was just basically a rings. Like Abby said, he looks like a cross between a panda or a raccoon. But um, yeah, I I I thought that was funny. I said last week on the podcast, I need to see Goth Goth. Um, that Seb gothed up and may- maybe they could have gone a bit further with it but um, I did enjoy that and everything that came from that with Abby on Wednesday was brill he says I don't know what to do I can't go out like this it's, uh, this isn't doesn't feel right and she says just be yourself so Seb goes to the cafe and he says oh I, I think I'm yeah he, he's taking the makeup off at this point isn't he Nina, Nina says he's got red eyes she's like you've been crying he's like no I've been doing my makeup and Nina says well it's the same thing for women and he says, I'll, I'll pay you back, but I, I can't go to this gig. I'll give it a miss. And I'm really sorry. I think I'll just feel out of place. And he says, welcome to my world. <laughs> Which is basically, it's her saying, you, you, you're not wanting to go out of your comfort zone a little bit for me. Whereas my, I permanently live in the Outside of the zone. comfort zone, yeah. yeah. Um, Seb tells Abby he's pop- bottles out. And he's got this curry that he's going to eat. And Abby just nicks it and says, so, sorry, it looks like you have to go. Like scarpers off down the street. And go, Abby's oh, such a funny I've mum. I've got a free curry. She's not like a great, she's not like a brilliant supportive mum who's like, I've set you up with your, with, <laughs> with your university cash. But she's, she does her best was, to like be an emotional. She great this week, Abby She's great, was. yeah. So Seb apologised to Nina. Says, Can I come, please? My mum stole my food. <laughs> I'm scared. Um, of you because you're so confident and cool and I don't want to make an idiot of myself in front of all your friends and make you look stupid and she says look if my friends were the kind of people that would make fun of you they wouldn't be my friends and this is an important point to remember for what happens later in the week Um, they agree to stay in a hotel after the gig and he brings up um, that he's HIV positive which sort of comes out of nowhere um I mean, he, he's more awkward, awkward. Nina doesn't appear bothered she's not she's never faced by anything as Nina like, she's just cool with everything yeah well almost not maybe not dressing not up as a, in a bin bag and pretending to be a vampire goth but anyway like, yeah. it's all on and he's pretty excited about the prospect um, so this this was interesting that this this HIV thing got brought up I wonder whether that's going to come up later because it felt as much of a reminder to the viewers i don't know it, I, I, i'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt there and just think that that's maybe something natural that you might say if you were about to spend the night at a hotel with a lovely lady it's, it's if, not... you, if you are uh, if you are hiv positive if you're not <laughs> yeah maybe don't don't say that <laughs> on wednesday seems like he enjoyed himself and Nina's friends thought that, that's he how was... Friday started as well. <laughs> um, Nina's friends thought he was Mr. Sweet and Innocent, um, and <laughs> she, she took some videos of him dancing. And Abby's got the dancing and he, in inverted commas, yeah, kind of shuffling. And uh, Abby's laughing and ribbing him about it and saying, "Oh, be my wedding choreographer and stuff." I he really like the so fact funny. that Abby and Nina get on well. Yeah. I just want them. I just want them to just. Um, 
I know this is not for everyone. I just want them to get married and I want Abby to be there being a proud mum and I want Nina to walk down the aisle wearing a great big goth black and red dress with ribbons dripping all down her mm. with like a big black tiara and a veil like she's going to go to a funeral. What I really love about this story actually is that it... Cause I, I, I like Nina when they brought her into the show. Really liked her dad. Um, what yeah. was his name? Richard, I think it was. He was great. But then I, Nina was kind of in a rut for a long time. I she felt. has and been shelved. All, a all bit. she was doing was making um, comments. comments to people about their choices of food and, and saying, and saying oh, this is a you're destroying the sausage. planet by having this <laughs> yeah. plastic cup or whatever. <laughs> and it's like, oh, yeah, that's kind of funny. But yeah. that, that was, she was a one-trick pony for a lot of last year. And now I, I'm loving her. She's so precious really, and really wonderful. And Molly Gallagher. Yeah. Oh, I love her. So, um, <laughs> Abby's still teasing. Um, She's doing the impressions of the dancers, Seb, isn't she? She's yeah. like, yeah, I, I can't, can't do it by the medium of podcast. It almost looks exactly like um, the the gif that I posted of the goth kids from South Park dancing. Where they just shuffle from side to side. Um, she calls her a bit smitten kitten and says that Nina is much better for him than that game player Alina. Doesn't she give him a little wink at that point as well, I think? I don't remember. She winks at people quite often, does, does Abby. Uh, later, <laughs> um, I was oh, this was everything about this was just joyful, wasn't it? Mm. Nina but, says, apart from the bit where Abby, when Nina has a bit of a cry in today's episode, yeah. Uh, Nina says to Roy, "Can Seb come round later for coffee?" And he says, "Oh, um, um, yes, of course. I will put he my knows. I put my headphones on, and you can make as much coffee as you like. <laughs> I love that so much." And then he said, and she says, "Could he perhaps?" have coffee in the morning as well. <laughs> I loved it. And Roy's like, oh, we might need to buy some more coffee. <laughs> well, he, he does a pause, oh. doesn't he? He says, oh, we need, we may need to get more coffee. And, and I think you said, you shouted out coffee before he said it, but David Nilsson's delivery of that was just perfect. And Isn't I don't it know great? whether I, I don't know whether I thought that that would be Roy's attitude towards it. I, I didn't, I, well, or whether he'd is, be like, like none of that in, in my house, thank position you. Because he's not really her dad, but he's her relative. But he's also not, he's not kind of ever said, he's not... Tell you what, he's the cool uncle this week. Yeah, he's paternal, but not in a in a kind of protective way. He's more of a guiding kind of spirit kind of person. Well, yeah, which is, which is very much... Um... You know what? What he has been to lots of characters yes, over the years, doesn't he? Of course. The, the, the scene, all all of the scenes between Roy and, and Nina were very, very precious. This I just week. want to say, I know that lots of people absolutely love um, Roy and Carla mm. together, but I really prefer Nina and Roy. I just think it works better for me. Well, they're both kind of oddball outcasts, aren't they? Yeah. And I think that they, you know, they bond over that. I think sometimes I do, I just think, I don't know, Carla, why are you relying so much on Roy? It's really nice that you have this bond with him, but I'm not certain I, I, I still like the I'm Carla just explaining Roy. myself. Whereas it really feels like Roy just has this kind of biological um, connection or like he feels an obligation. Mm. and um, But he also recognises like of all the people that he's ever taken under his wing because they're different. Nina is the one who wears it on her sleeve more than anybody else. Mm. Carla is, is kind of, in many ways, a bit of a misfit because of her personality issues and her relationship problems and things. You had 
Haley, who was transgender and had that secret kind of identity, like special secret superpower that she had that um, people found out about and then were mean about. But she knows she nobody knew from looking mm. at her because she looked, you know, she's a woman. And then you've got Nina now, but she just wears it completely, you know, she can't hide herself you know yeah and she's she's just brought a bit of life to roy hasn't because his, his roy floundered was, after Haley died yeah and then and he got he, together with kathy and we were happy because it, we felt it works but it the show didn't go that no. route and now he's got a ch- another chance yeah and then, and as a character he was feeling kind of lonely and you know what what is my purpose in life and everything and and nina's the one that's given it to him and i think that he feels you know that he's coming out the tunnel a little bit thanks oh, I to love Nina. It. I really love them. I, I just want to stick them in a mould and pour resin on the top so they're preserved forever. <laughs> so on Friday, um Nina and Seb had an enchanted evening together and um Roy is gonna take Nina bat watching because it's her birthday tomorrow and Seb didn't know it was her birthday and he wants to do something nice with her. I forgot about well. that. So, I mean the the way that this episode ends is it is not so good for Nina and Seb, but I'm assuming that I, on Monday I'm he's like, going to take advantage of the fact that it's her birthday. I'm just hoping it will be fine. I, I'm I don't want what happened at the end to ruin everything that happened before because I'm just loving it. Nina makes Seb a goth cupcake oh, with a little bat thing on it and brings it oh, to him at right. the builder's yard. And um, black icing and all. He's like, oh. He, he, he just moans he, about the fact that he Tyrone's in the flat and he doesn't, he can't move in with um, his mum because. Yeah, he's not. He doesn't want to be sharing the flat with Tyrone. Um, I don't want to move in with mum, my mum, because they've just got rid of Tyrone there. So yeah, I'm it's kind a bit of awkward. yeah, potentially got nowhere to live. He wasn't hinting or no, anything. But, I don't. But think. I don't really know why it came up because he's like, "Thanks for this cupcake." Oh God, I've got nowhere to live. <laughs> Nina goes to Roy and she's saying about how much she enjoys Seb and how exciting it is, and she asks him, "How will I know when I've met the one?" She yeah, she starts talking about how different it feels being with Seb than being with Asher and this yeah. was this was quite interesting to me as well because I, it, it, I'd noticed now that was something that I was wanted us to kind of comment on and the, the differences between these two relationships because everybody loved Nina and Asher but it it didn't quite feel right Nina never felt completely comfortable in it and she was kind of holding back holding back it's like well I don't want to go too fast and now with Nina she's I mean with, with Seb she's jumping into bed with him and she she comments on this and is like does does this mean I love him? Give me advice, oh sage Roy. Um, I think this is another example of a, of a relationship that symbolises more than it gave the Asher and the Nina thing. Mm. It felt this very much the same as what happened with Rana and Kate, where it symbolised more and it was meaningful to people because of that, rather than the characters. See, I I, I still really think want... that there is something where that's going to come back because the the Asher and Corey storyline started up again and things are and she's obviously in this horrible, this toxic relationship with this nasty scrope Corey and the fact that that's going on at the same time that Nina's got another relationship it never it hasn't felt completely resolved and the fact that and I'm thinking they must have brought Corey in to go out with Asher for some reason because and and, and at what point is Nina is the Nina and Seb story going to cross back with the Asher yep. and Corey storyline, which is also making me think, maybe they are going to put Nina and Asher back together again, and there's and there's 
and this relationship with, with Seb is doomed. I don't know. I just really want there to be an, a really epic, unproblematic lesbian relationship story for people that want that to happen. I want that to happen, but it means more to people who are watching it from the perspective of being lesbians themselves or or by or whatever, however they want to label themselves or not being the case. <laughs> um, I just want that. I just really want that for people because I know that they've been clamouring for it for a long time. Yeah. And it felt like we were almost there because of how wonderful both the characters of Asha and Nina are individually. Mm. But together, I don't know that they worked and I'm kind of glad that they didn't... They they tried to make it a bit, bit awkward and maybe... At the, I don't know whether I at the time I great. thought this... I think it was great because it showed it showed um, it was okay to try something different and it they weren't judged for it and they didn't feel bad they didn't you know we had um, we had uh, Dev freaking out about it a little bit I think it was all really beautifully handled but I also kind of like the fact that it's like hey it didn't work out that's fine it's okay to experiment and to see what you think I don't know I I just I just got this nagging feeling in the I'm back of my saying... head that it's it's going to come back I'm not again. saying it's completely over between them. I don't know where you're getting that from. I'm just saying that I'm just talking about that as yeah. as as a from a perspective of lesbian representation on Coronation Street. Yeah. Um it, it kind of felt it felt true and honest, but it wasn't quite the sort of epic love story that we're still waiting to happen. No. Yeah? Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So, um, so he's, so, so she basically says, oh, Roy, can you give me a speech about love that we can, uh, use in a clip show at some point? And he says, yeah, okay. Um, you know how, uh, love can often creep up on you quite unexpectedly, like when you're making a sandwich or perhaps a bat themed cupcake. He talks about that he doesn't buy into the idea that there is a one for everybody. There isn't. It was... I could replace you in a day. <laughs> <laughs> so she's like, glad you said that, Roy, and and, uh, and everything. So can Seb maybe stay over tonight and maybe a few nights? And he's like, I don't, I don't think I can say no to you. Mm. <laughs> um, so meanwhile, at the Builder's Yard, they're having balance, aren't they? Paul and Ed are teasing Seb about where he's going to take Nina out to dinner later. And uh, Paul makes him wear a bin bag so he can take a photo and make fun of him for being a goth. And Nina, obviously... Ed's also saying about... Uh, or was it Ed or was it Paul? I can't remember saying, you know, she's going to take a bite out of your neck or something. They're, both, they're all just going, ha, 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 ha. Um, as, far as, as far as blokes talking about girlfriends go... <laughs> I'm I pretty think this tame. pretty tame. Um, I'll just ask Donald Trump what, <laughs> what locker room talk is. So anyway, she overhears this and thinks that they're sort of mocking her at a sort of sincerely held beliefs about fashion and she gets very upset understandably she goes back to the cafe i didn't like that i think that was a little bit too neat i, I, I we, we always moan about characters who happen to be walking past and overhearing things but this this really did you know it stood it's out as being this... a poorly cons- she just she was she was going over to say that yes you can come and stay for a bit but it really did feel like i'm coming over just to hear my my beliefs and my culture being slagged off and then I'm going to go back again. It's, it it could have been less clunky. It's not that those things never happen. It's just that they happen very often. Yes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, she goes back to the cafe and Seb goes to the cafe and finds her very upset. And she has a big old rant to him. And she he says, oh, it's just banter. It's just build a banter. I'm not that kind of person. 
And she says, well, I was going to invite you to come and stay and everything. And he says, well, I'd like that. And she says, well, it's too late. When, when she was saying when he was saying it's builder banter it wasn't just like oh don't worry about that he was he was honestly just trying to say that it wasn't anything I think he was trying to say it was more the other ones than me because it, it wasn't one of those instances where the person who's being mocked or being talked about hears some of it and then doesn't hear the crucial part where he says oh but I love her yeah yeah like like with um Peter Carla and Lucas a month or two ago she heard him say no guys it's it's not like that or, or something but what she when when they were making fun of him he he wasn't joining in no he was kind and of he, like yeah get heard, it out she she heard him not, not really saying in, anything but even so but accepting it to happen yeah um this is the trouble this is kind of how some people and women do it as well about men how some people bond with one another by making fun of the other sex and saying horrible stereotypical things or talking about each other's girlfriends and making fun of them. And it is how some people bond. And it would have been very weird if Seb had said, no, guys, this isn't right. Because he knows that they're yeah. not really... They're not really... They're, they're not got, being they've malicious. Got malice, but no. again, it isn't a nice thing to do. And it is very... It is problematic that this is how we sometimes as humans bond with one another because we are and i said this before many times humans are in group and out group orientated and you can make your group out of anything but as soon as you've got a group you 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 form these bonds by making fun of people that aren't in the group mm. and it would have been a bit awkward for Seb to have not joined in and the thing is also Paul and Ed are both accustomed to the concept of being in the out group. Yeah. We've seen a very high-profile story, the racism story with Ed, where he had to confront the fact that because of his skin colour, people saw him as somebody different to make fun of. Mm. Paul is gay, and he would have had people being homophobic to him. So both of those characters sort of joining in, making fun of of, um, Nina for being different and gothy, it's just a sad reality of how humans are. And even if you've been through that um, kind of persecution, doesn't make you immune from, from sort of doing it to other people. How serious is it? How, how bad is it? Should they have done it? You know, is it harmless? Was it a bit fun? If Nina had never heard it, would it have made any difference? It's, these are all things that you have to just, in your own mind, decide for yourself. But um, you're never going to stop people from being like this. No. I just think it's... Um, it was harmless, but I think. Well, it's we could, harmless to you because you're not you 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 don't you don't get judged for how you look. She, I think Nina like doesn't. Does. Nina doesn't. You know, let her guard down for many people, and, uh, yeah, and she, she had done yeah. for Seb, and he accepted her, yeah, and, and she, he was excited by her, and he, um, you know, he tried to join her her group, and then you she sees her, she sees him mocking that yeah. group. Yeah. It's hurt, it's very deeply hurtful and I can mm. understand why she felt upset. Equally I can see why Seb was like, Whatever guys, get it out of your systems. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm sure. It's that, unfortunate that gonna... and it's a really good it's really good conflict to build up because, you know Especially when it came at the peak of a week where literally everyone on social media was saying, Oh, they're so adorable and sweet yeah. together and I, I, I never expected to enjoy their chemistry so much but they really did I really didn't give off coming. vibes of kind of soppy and sweet and adorable and Seb is really good at um 
making him being the sweet one in a relationship, isn't he? Yeah, I I think like Seb might might like and dislike of, of Seb has kind of kind of up and down in waves over the past yeah. few years. Like I can't, I was kind of nothing for quite a while when he first came into the show, and he was just. Faye's occasional boyfriend and then he became a main character and I quite liked him for a bit and during all the feeling stuff and then he's just been woefully underused and drifting for the past year year and a half I didn't really like him in the Emma and Alina love triangle that was was rubbish that was rubbish and I was thinking oh it's a shame because I really like Abby and I don't want to have a dull hanger on son but this week Seb has just gone whoosh right back up my estimation chart again really really cute isn't he yeah Love and struck. Smitten thing... kitten is right. What Abby <laughs> yeah. said. I think the thing. I think the thing is that people, um, maybe, uh, maybe Alina needs to point this out to him. Like, and he probably. I think he knows, but maybe other people haven't realised on on the street. You know, um, maybe people think that it's Seb that's making allowances for the fact that Nina's a bit different, but he doesn't care because he loves her. Mm. Actually, Nina's making allowances for Seb because he's not exactly how she would want him to be but she's making allowances and accepts him for who he is yeah because he's not a goth boy and he doesn't like the ghosties revenge or whatever Mm. and and listen to the same music as her she accepts him for that and you know you might think that um she's the one you know you know what i'm saying like he's he's the one that's making the sacrifice of but it goes both ways Mm. and i think that people a bit don't don't really realize it from that way around yeah Anyway, at the end of it, we had a really funny scene where um, Roy is trying to... Um, console Yes, console Nina. Nina, who is devastated by this insult. Um, and she, he says, oh, I, I could hug you. And because well, I think we're in the same bubble, we're and she's just... like, "Oh, okay." And he goes, "Oh, what now? Okay, hang on, I've got to get the, ha- I've got to get sanitized." <laughs> it's like she's like, "Don't worry about it's it." So then. Funny. Yeah, it's so funny. really, it really well was. This is the trouble sometimes when there's a really funny scene and we talk about it on the podcast and we just kill the humor by by re- recounting it. But it was precious and fun to yeah, watch. Really, really was love it. Um, I, 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 I would say that by the end of next, but by the end of Monday, probably she's going to take him back. He's he's going to. Use her birthday to. He didn't mean it, but I think no. it's a fair, it's a lesson to him to understand that it's not just a sort of a skin uh, deep thing. It, it goes much deeper than no, that, we, and she, and he could have stuck up for her. He could. I mean, we've seen Nina is one uh, one to stand up for her principles. She's been on these protests, hasn't she, with Evelyn and Toya? Yeah. Um, and so well, she literally said, and I said this at the beginning when I was talking about her story. She literally told him on Monday, if my friends were the sort of people that would make fun of you for how you looked, I wouldn't be friends with them. And then she catches him at the end of the week, making fun, well, allowing other people to make fun of her. Mm. Like I said before, there's a social contract that exists where you have to accept a certain level of people teasing you, but maybe he could just say to them, guys, I don't, I have to draw the line at Nina because you can make fun of me all you like, but don't make fun of my girlfriend. Yeah. And the thing is about... She's had people making fun of her all her life. Why do we have to be mean she, to since her? Since she started going through this goth phase. Yeah. <laughs> and I think also, like, if you're talking about toxic masculinity and, you know, men who are very 
rude and disrespectful to women. I don't think Ed and Paul are like top of the list of people no, that are going to be harmless. They both. It are. was all a bit silly, and I think Nina took uh, Nina took offence because she probably heard it all before and she didn't expect to hear it from from mm-hmm. him. It caught her at a vulnerable moment. Maybe she would have laughed it off if it had happened at a different time. Well, she's I had she's had people make make vampire jibes <laughs> at her before, and I'm not just talking about on this podcast. And she's just rebutted it straight away, yeah. hasn't she? It but feels a bit different because... when you catch somebody start yeah. talking about you when you're not there and they're yeah. not being nice about you. They'll, they'll be fine. They'll make it up. And, uh, but like I said, I still think that there is the lingering Asher issue. It doesn't feel like that's over to me because she's caught up in this thing with Corey. So Nina's going to intervene or something. I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. But it feels like it's it's unresolved. And, and it's interesting because if Nina does end up with Asher instead of Seb, then it, I wonder what the, the fans will think because... This week, we did a little poll on Twitter and it, it was a bit of a landslide for um, Nina and Seb rather than Nina and Asher. And I, yeah, I, I thought it would be... Yeah, more suited to Asher or I Seb? I thought this would be more of an even split because so many people like Nina and Asher together. But I, get, I, I think... I think as great as that was, it the the sweetness and the and the soppiness and the and the smittenness really did come across as being more genuine in this relationship. And I didn't... I, I guess it, it took me seeing this to realise that it really wasn't there as much with, with that with the other two with the with the two ladies. It really feels as though we are owed a really nice and and um compelling, realistic and honest lesbian relationship on Coronation Street. Um so but I don't think Asher and Nina are it. Mm. And I think we have to wait for some for for another one and I want don't want the wait to be very long. That's all I'm saying Coronation Street. Let's not Let's not keep let's not keep um putting it off. Let's you know, we still haven't had a lesbian wedding. Well, yeah, unless you count um the fake one of uh, Rana and Kate underneath in the rubble of underworld. <sighs> well, yeah, I don't want to dismiss it, but I, I just want yeah, I'm just saying, it's overdue, it's long overdue and but you can't you can't fit a square peg into a round hole. The the Asher and the Nina relationship was not the It was thing. a it was a bit um you know, she was obsessed with Nina, wasn't she? It was a it was a cute teenage crush, crush. and I loved I loved it because it depicted something that is like I said, it's on it's honest. A lot of this thing it felt very honest and true, and it doesn't always work out, mm. and that's fine. But one of the things that um, got my goat a little bit in this story was how Seb didn't seem to know or care that his ex-girlfriend of a few years, Faye, had just been sent down for three years throughout all of this. So um, <laughs> I think that that's as good a segue as any to talk about the Faye Faye put away story, um, which for me was the main weak point of the week. But it was still great. I was excited by the verdict and everything. But whenever most of this came up on the show, I was... I. You know, I was switched, switched off a little bit. Not literally, because I wouldn't have known when to switch it back on again. <laughs> How long shall I leave it? Oh, it's finished. Ah, uh, fade oh, no, turn it off. So, for some, some people do that, don't they? You, you, you see people on the internet saying, or oh, whenever, whenever so-and-so comes on, I turn the channel over. How do you know when to put it back? There's not an agreed-upon <laughs> length or Coronation Street scene. Fibs. So Monday, um, Faye is feeling pretty zen about her um, 
her court case today, her, her appearance, her plea and everything. And uh, she's backing up her computer and saying, well, you know, if Tim, you, Dad, you can sell this if you want to. Oh, I'm probably going to get sent to jail. If, if I do, yeah, you get a Being bit of money from pragmatic. my laptop. It's going to be going to be out of date by the time I come out, which will be about a year's time. And her phone as well. And she, she's pretty much come to terms with that impending imprisonment. So um, Gary and Johnny um, are in prison later. And this is the first time we've seen Johnny for ages. It was, is this the first time we've seen Johnny since he took that Aiden killing pill, maybe? Yeah. And he sprouted a magnificent beard in the meantime. So maybe that was actually um, anti-boldness pills that he's been drinking and it's been growing out of his chin. I don't know. But, oh, I'll um, tell you what, if you, if you could sell a pill that would give you that much of a voluminous beard in that amount of time. You'd be raking it in, wouldn't you? Anyway, need to do this podcast. Johnny doesn't have that much to say, really, but it's just sort of kind of saying, yeah, bye, you're going in, you're, you're leaving me, so there's even less of a chance that I'm going to be on the show for the foreseeable future. Um, it, Gary, at last, could be let off today. And we've been, everyone's been saying, why is Gary still in prison when we know that he didn't bop Adam over the head? Well, at last, he gets his, gets his release today. And I that sounds a bit rude. He didn't that Maria didn't actually no. let him into his bed into her bed. So Craig is umming and erring about whether to tell his bosses about Faye. Remember last week we had um, what's what was her name? That woman that came back. Jess was it? Is his mate in the uh, Oh Jess, in the, the police. police officer. Yeah, we didn't see her again this week, but he's got to decide, do I tell them that I'm dating a potential jailbird and he's he's still not doing it he's he's decided he's rather resigned from the force he's got his letter he's going to go and deliver it later and kirk says but craig being a detective was your dream you love being a detective you've always wanted to be a collective you've got those posters of colombo on your wall what you're doing man and um he says and he said look you can't risk throwing this chance away um Maria, in the meantime, is kind of... She knows that Gary's having his appearance in court today, so she's kind of thinking, oh, I'm going to probably be seeing him again soon. He's probably going to be let off. That's going to be a little bit awkward. Um, sit. Is it? They are, they're married, aren't they? It's, it's, they're what? one of these couples that you forget, are they actually married or not? Who? Maria and Gary. They showed everybody yeah, their married. rings. Yeah, absolutely gorgeous. Um, so she's thinking that's going to be a bit awkward. Um, meanwhile, Kirk is running into Faye, um and who and he kind of shocks her a little bit by saying you know Craig, he's gonna go and quit the force because of you actually and I'm I'm not I've told him not to but he seems all for it so Faye goes over to Craig and says look what are you doing don't don't quit because of me and he's like oh I'm just considering quitting but she's like no don't no. policing is your life um he says that no you're my life Faye but she says I can't let you do it you're dumped um, and then um, she goes off to court. So we see Gary and Faye together standing in that, that little courtroom that they made for um, the Jeff and Yasmin trial. Gary has a bit of a go at the judge. Oh, no, sorry, I've skipped ahead of my notes. Uh, <laughs> he's got nothing to go. Yeah, there's a bit of a spoiler about what happens. <laughs> he, he's, he's sentenced to eight months in custody, is Gary. Um, but i.e. he is free to go, basically. Um, Craig... And he was, he was in trouble because he... Had that murder weapon. Don't don't the, worry about the, oh, it. Oh, okay, I'm not worried about it. But it was weird to me that they were both there at the same time. I don't think this is how court cases go. Yeah, brother and go, sister get to hold hands oh, okay, together guys, on the stand. You guys, you're not related though. Are you related? Oh, cool. Come in. We love family. The families that that cry yeah, so together, it's fine. You're in, yeah, stay together. You're not related by blood, but never mind. So, um, Faye gets sentenced as well. 
three years. Blimey, that was a little bit more than I think most people had been expecting. And um, it's yeah, it it's was. kind of a shame that Ray hasn't been found guilty yet because they were really banking on the fact that if he had been found guilty for all his naughty, droppy drawsiness, then yeah, the, the judge might have been able to be more lenient. And the judge says, look, because that case is still ongoing, I've got to be as as extreme, I've got to be as harsh to you as I can be or something it was like weird. that. It, honestly, it was weird. It felt a bit like, uh, we'll just wait then. Yeah, I know. If what, it's, he's COVID, basically, what can like, you do? Literally, the judge is going, I don't have all the facts yet, but that never stopped me from making a judgment. Yeah. Craig Craig shows up to see this because he's overheard a couple of people in the Rovers later. Uh, it's Emma saying um, to, to, to Maria, because um, Maria doesn't know whether to go along to the trial, and Emma says, look, if... If I loved Gary, I wouldn't think twice, so you clearly don't love him. And Craig hears this and is like, oh, I better go. So anyway, the, 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 court, the, the sentence <laughs> has been dropped um, and Gary has a massive go at the judge. That's where that comes in. Faye's all teary. Tim says, don't the worry, says, I'll sort this out. In all my career, I've never had somebody stick up for a felon as passionately as you have today, Mr Windass. Because of what you've said, I will let you go and your sister and I will also give you a million pounds each and a pony. And you can choose somebody who you don't like and I'll put them in prison instead. Oh, wouldn't that be amazing? <laughs> oh, who would you pick? <laughs> I don't have any enemy. <laughs> um, so, Faye's brief thinks that this oh, is a bit amazing. of an excessive sentence, to be honest. He says <laughs> we could appeal, but that would mean waiting for a conviction from Ray. That would take a while. Gary says, hmm, but what if Ray changes his plea? I've got a plan. I'm going to go back to my naughty ways. Craig, meanwhile, is in the pub drowning his sorrows. He tells Emma that Faye broke up with him. He blames Kirk for this. Then we have Gabby. Gabby? Gary oh, going yeah, into Gabby in. Debbie's office in the bistro. Um, she's She turns up, gets a fright of her life by him being there. And he says, right, I need you to phone up Miles. Remember that dodgy Scotch solicitor? Get him over He's the here. Oh, yeah, that's right, the accountant, that's right. I, I can tell already just by talking about this story. Can you tell how the, I'm the passion this and I don't for really this count, has so. dropped from the last few stories, yeah. which we loved? It's just like, yeah, this happened, and, the annoying thing and then about this happened, this and then this happened. Is that this feels like it's related to the big Rick Nealon story, which has been ongoing for I know. two years now, so, really, yeah. isn't it? And this is something I've been looking forward to, and I really like Gary being a villain, and this is Gary saying, right, I'm going to go rough. Well, this was rubbish, wasn't it? Because Dabby, Debbie, Dobby says, <laughs> <laughs> says to Miles, you better come over to the, the DIY, not the DIY shop, the, the bistro. Oh, Hang on, stop. Gary now said, get Miles, I yes. want to have a word with him. Yes. Yes, Debbie's that's what says. happens. Debbie's like, well, I, got, I haven't got really much choice here. Meanwhile, Gary goes to the furniture shop. He, scoot, he uh, has a search around in some of his boxes. Now, uh, we thought that he had a gun in a, in a bag, didn't he? He had some mysteriously shaped item in a, a, a brown uh, bag, but it turns out that it's just a load of cash. Um, what? I can't believe that a soap character is keeping cash in a cash box. I know. Um, Maria goes to the shop. He hides the package away and she's like, what, what are you going to do? What, you, you're planning something, Gary. I can see that you're up to something. Whatever it is, don't. Let them appeal 
and, uh, and just let, leave it. let justice, you know, prevail. Just let, just let them do it, and then do you it can properly do and crazy. legally. Don't get yourself in trouble. And he's not, he's not telling her anything that he's doing. So Miles shows up at the bistro later, and Debbie leaves him with Gary. And this sounded like it could be a little bit exciting. She's like, play nice, and if you can't play nice, be quietly. It really sounds like Gary's going to play quietly. And don't make a mess. Yeah, don't make a mess. That's right. It really sounds like he's going to knock seven bells out of Miles, Start but he doesn't. He's just off. like. Oh, um, have some money and try and get and try and get Ray to change his sentence. And Miles is like, "No, you can't bribe me. I'm, I'm, I'm going." Actually, Gary kind of tries to hide, jump on top of his bonnet and says, "Don't you leave? I want you to take my money and tell get Ray to change his sentence." And Miles is like, "No, change his sentence. Change, change his plea. Sorry, okay. change his plea. I'm not, not getting the words right." Um, and and he's like, "No," and drives off. So that was really, really. That was a build-up to nothing. That was a massive was letdown. Wednesday? Mo- Monday. I don't even remember this happening. I don't know how much of your pe- attention you were paying on Monday's episode, to be but fair. But it sounds exciting. It, it wasn't, wasn't. It wasn't exciting. And Maria saw it in fashion on his bonnet. She follows him into the bistro and is like, what's going on here? And he says, oh, I've got all this cash. I was trying <laughs> to bribe him, actually. And Maria says, look, it's because of things like that that it didn't work out between me and you because I'm as honest as the day is long, Maria. <laughs> Bribery and corruption. Just stop it. That ruined our marriage. Gary says, if I stop being a wrong, or would we have a chance? Maria doesn't say anything here. Don't go back to him, Maria. You'd be a fool. He's dodgy. He's a villain. Dodge. You yeah. know it. Mm-hmm. He's he wrong would be you. unfaithful. Yeah. Um, she's she's not got the best track record with men, so it wouldn't surprise me if she does go back to it. And and worst of all, you are really really. Really, really, really boring couple. Oh, I don't think many of the Lots viewers... Lots of them are boring, but you're particularly uh, have, dull. ...have got any, any love for. Um, the trouble with this story is, it's not necessarily that the actions that are happening aren't kind of exciting on by themselves, but the kind of... The, the, the motivation for what's going on is that they want... That Gary wants Faye to get out of prison. And the trouble is, I don't care that she's in prison. No... And I don't hate Faye. I don't. I kind of like her. I kind of like don't Faye. Don't care that she's in prison. I I I was always I a staunch Faye supporter when yeah. a lot of the online community hated her a couple of years she's ago. Fine. I thought she's she's all right actually. I like to join the pregnancy story, but they they neglected her for too I long, and now I couldn't care whether she's in prison Craig. or not. I'm not no. bothered about Craig jeopardizing his future career that he's always wanted to be in the CID because I no. didn't know about it until this week. And, and and as we said on the podcast last week, he'd make a rubbish detective. He's really crap. Um so this this is really a bit a bit of a miss, you know. Yeah. Even even Miles who's who's a very intriguing shady character and Debbie who is fun. I know. I thought oh it's Debbie. We've enough, not seen her for a while, like, but like, she had that one one or two little scenes and that was it. Yeah, it feels it feels like there's a lot of ingredients going mm. into this, and it's. I thought, to be honest, that a few of the developments on Wednesday's episode were were okay. Go on, then, I mean, me. we had we had Kirk telling Gary, "Look, can you have a word with Faye about dumping Craig, please?" But then we had Izzy return. You know, I don't like Izzy. We we we've we've said many times on the podcast that Izzy's a bit of a dull character, and if we were a producer, was swinging our axe, then she might be one of the first to go. Mm-hmm. But actually, you know, I was pleased to see it. It was really funny. It was nice. Considering like how how low I rank her in my list of favourite characters, I was surprised myself when I saw oh, her. Oh, that's nice. Back. 
I like to see Izzy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we Absence saw her. makes the heart grow fonder. We saw her via the um, increasingly used medium of video phoning. No, in this is good. Street. Coronation Street should have should have done this it, it, a while ago. This yeah. is how people communicate with their very close friends and family. Mm. Even now, even even a year after the pandemic ha- has hit us, yeah. we're still very accustomed to communicating with each other like this. So, it's think, already appropriate to have done this before they started because the technology has been there for a while, but it just felt very much... Yeah, Cheryl-Lee said that because of the pandemic, she's work. not able to obviously come into work the same, but um, it was it was nice to, to to see her face again. It honestly really, really was. Um, she's um, having a moan at Gary because he's not come round to see Jake yet, his kid, and um, he's trying to say he's been a little bit busy, but she's not having any of this. And um, I thought that maybe that would be all we'd see of her. I thought it was a little cameo appearance, but she's back today. Are, are you, is this part, is, is he today in this story? Yeah, yeah. Briefly, I'm just. I just want to yeah. talk about her. I don't know. Okay, we'll do it later yet. then. No. Okay. So Gary goes to visit Faye in prison. Although it's like a weird visiting room. It's not the usual visiting room. Of is course it? it's not, because she's in the lady prison. He's in the la- for ladies. But you Yasmin was in the lady prison for ladies. Yeah. And I didn't recognise the room. That's all I'm saying. I know. It she didn't seems look like... fine. She settled down like it's like Zen. Uh, Craig said she was very zen at the beginning of the week. I like the fact that it looked almost... Because they put her in this separate room, didn't they? So yeah. that she could talk with Gary. And it looked like she was in the room for, like, dangerous psychopaths. Like, they put, <laughs> like, um, Hannibal Lecter. Like, they're like, we have to we have to remove her from Gen Pop because she's vicious <laughs> and she tried to take a girl's eye out with a spoon. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, Why not? Maybe that's the persona that she's gone in with and everyone's terrified. You've got to go in her. hard. Right. Yeah, you do. You Don't got go to... in soft, otherwise you'd be... No, you got to give a you got to you got to set your stall out and pretend that you're a hard case. Yeah, you don't want to end up being a prison wifey or anything. Find the like biggest that. find the biggest girl in the room and take her eye out with a spoon and you'll be the top bitch. Yeah, I mean just conquer over there with a, with an award. She's got a lust for blood after that, hasn't she? Yeah. She's tough as cray. It is fake. I tell you what, you can't move for people that have won the Weatherfield Gold Heart Award in prison. <laughs> um, so Craig um, is on the phone to Faye later. He's just about to resign and she says, look, take the promotion, get into CID. When you're released, you'll have met someone else and it'll be fine for everybody. Win-win, I'll find someone else. We'll have moved on. He's like, no, I'm not having this. You are my life, my one true love, Faye. <laughs> I, I'll do anything for you. And I... It it was kind of sweet. There there were bits of this, even even Wednesday's episode, which we which we thought was a good episode, made parts of this feel almost real. But they, yeah. he 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 says, let me come and visit you, and she said, no, nope, sorry, this is the last time we're going to talk. He says, I'll be waiting for you with open arms when you come out. They tell each other they love each other, and then the phone call ends, and she's kind of eyes streaming with tears down the phone, and and that was I was that was the closest I've been to feeling any kind of romantic loving relationship between them but up to this stage they've really just kind of felt like <clears throat> friends haven't they yeah yeah i agree with you and the trouble is about Faye is not only do i'm not i'm not, I'm not bothered about her i'm also not bothered about her and craig but i also don't buy that she's going to be in prison for three years no i know well, this but... is the trouble it's like well how are they going to get her out of this then mm, yeah um the, the, and it's little... just confused. It's not. It's not even intriguing. It's just confusing. There's a funny little scene at the end where um, Kirk suggests that Craig sends carrier pigeons with messages to Faye, and Craig has the genius idea of having Kirk deliver messages to Faye that he's written or something like this that. This was so stupid. Craig overestimates his own intelligence by 
an enormous percentage here. He thinks that he can he can trick CID into not realising that he still is have conducting a relationship with a woman who's in prison. And I assume... Well, they can't be that smart as the idea where they failed, otherwise they wouldn't be hiring Craig, exactly. I assume that there is a rule against this, and I think we talked about it before about professional standards or whatever. I don't think it's cool that a a policeman is conducting a a relationship with a prisoner. I mean, I don't care personally, but I just think you've got to draw the line somewhere, really. Mm. But to think that he can... To think not only is it okay for him to carry on doing something he's been expressly told he's not allowed to do, but to try to deceive them on top of that, and knowing also that he's in a soap, is obviously going to get caught out. Yeah, exactly. And and honestly, it's very worth it. (laughs) I don't know. She's just the first woman for for years who's looked at him even twice. The last person that he had a relationship with was the artist girl. I know, whose name I always forget. Who I've forgotten. He's Paddy McGuinness's daughter. There was little like it was maybe going somewhere with Bethany wasn't there at some point. It just he just feels like he's been friend zoned his whole life, and suddenly a girl likes him, and then she goes in the flower, and he's like, oh, "I'm going to write you with lemon juice and hold it to a radiator, and you'll read my secret <laughs> message." And I know what it's going to say, Craig. It's going to be like, "I fancy you." <laughs> Friday, there was a little bit of this story. Gary goes to see Sarah in the factory, and um, the, the, I love the... this. He goes in and says, "Can I have a got? Have you got a minute, Sarah?" And she's like, "I literally don't know what I'm doing." <laughs> yeah, I've got all day. Um, he tells her about is he struggling. With, with Jake and can she do have some work to do please so um, with Gangster Kirk's brilliant idea is he's working from home basically I like the I, I like the fact that this hasn't occurred to anybody on Coronation Street and in the world of Coronation Street working from home is something that only Kirk could have come up with <laughs> I it's it's a long time coming I'm glad that Corey addressed it it's unfortunate they didn't do it before now but it's really good to get um, Izzy on the show to represent what disabled people have, not even, a, a, it's like the tiniest tip of the iceberg of what they've had to put up with. But it's nice to have even just a hint of representation. I thought because... it was actually, oh, go on. Yeah? Just to build on to that, I thought it was quite effective when they had the bit later on in the episode where she's on the video call to Gary again and he goes and gets Jake. And then They're she's... playing, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and Izzy's there, kind of, the phone's been put down and she's kind of like, she's, she's, she's cr- wincing, she's in, wincing pain. in pain. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really well done, actually. Yeah. Just showing that she's she's having a tough time. Yeah. And, and to have, have anything make me feel sorry for Izzy, somebody must be doing something right there, to be honest. And I don't know if they're going to address this, but the isolation and the loneliness that she must have been feeling, that she, she's been yeah. shielding. And honestly, what what a heartless bunch of absolute assholes they are at the factory. I don't think this is Coronation Street's intention. To just abandon her for 12 months on her own, no, not even talking to her until Kirk had the idea to use a telephone with a video function. And uh, and Sarah was talking to her again, oh, we set you up with, your, with, a, with a machine, we'll sanitise it, and Beth will be a partner and she'll talk to you and tell you what's going on. This could have happened months ago. What are you playing at? You don't get awards for doing it now. Well, the factory's just floundering at the moment, isn't it? It doesn't actually have any knicker stitches there. The, I'm really the core happy crew that they of, did this. of factory workers have just gone to nothing. When we saw Sean at a sewing machine a month or so ago, Beth's been off the show for a very long time. And yeah. there, there's just no nobody left, really, that works there to even think about Izzy. It's, it's a it's, mess. It's the factory nice that is they a did mess this, at the moment. And I'm glad that they did it. 
but it's sort of insulting how long it took them. Yeah. And I'm not going to dwell on it too long because it's, you know, it's all very well complaining about it, but they actually did it, so good good for them. Interesting that Beth is going to be her, her pal. I assume that she would... W- how are they going to do this? This is the thing. Because I, I think that Beth hasn't been in the show for a long time. But she's know... still around because Kirk talks about yeah. her. So how are we going to do this? Are we going to have two... <laughs> Too like are we could have split screen video calling because that would be really quite odd. Yeah, um, don't I don't know. I'm re- I'm glad. I'm. I just. I just really feel like um, Cranston Street's been avoiding talking about the pandemic in too much depth, which I think was a smart choice. But now they've got an opportunity to talk about some of the people who have really been neglected and left behind and ignored, and it's very difficult for them because they still can't go out and people are taking risks and chances and thinking it only affects them and it's not true it affects people like izzy who can't leave the house Mm. how i mean people have been stir crazy and we've been allowed we haven't been under house arrest we have been free to leave and i know that at the beginning of the pandemic we were told only once a day and all this stuff I don't believe for a minute that anybody really genuinely only went out once a day if they wanted to go out more than that. No. I've I've been out once a day. I don't think I ever went out twice a day when we weren't allowed to, but I knew I could if I wanted to, you mm. know? And that's a, that makes a big difference to your personal freedom of knowing that you could if you wanted to. Izzy physically couldn't. Mm. And she's still there now. And, yeah, and she I, just... I really felt for her. In pain, isolated, and ignored. And I think... It's really sad that... Um, Somebody needs to send her a, a special delivery, if you know what I mean. <laughs> you're talking about cannabis, but it sounds like you're talking about a stripper. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of the pandemic, not related to this story, there was a line in the Jenny and Sharon storyline this week, wasn't there, where Sharon tries to make fun of Jenny for the empty pub, and she's like, I remember when this place used to have a bit of an atmosphere, and Jenny's <laughs> like, there has been a global pandemic going on. I love that, You yeah. hadn't noticed. <laughs> And everyone's like watching Curry going, no, I hadn't really. <laughs> um, so what were your reactions to Faye's verdict? Were you expecting her to be sent down? I don't know, because they were like, oh, it'll be a year, it'll be a year. I was thinking it probably will be less than that, I guess. Yeah, I mean, Johnny got sentenced to eight months and it's he'll probably be out before then. So she is sentenced to years. Yeah, yeah maybe she'd maybe... Ellie Leach just needs a six months off or something I don't know so when they actually came back to three years I thought that was a quite nice twist actually but then when I thought about it for a bit longer like you said earlier it is more of a case of how long is it going to be before she gets out because there's no way that she's going to be in prison for three years I don't think she's going to be in prison for a year and a half so that um I was listening to one of our old episodes and I can't remember what what it which one it was now and whether we've uploaded it or not to YouTube. Mm. Um, but we were talking about what happens when the bad guy who's done something and there are consequences for characters who are innocent. Not that Faye is innocent because she did do what she's accused of doing. Um, but she did it because Faye, uh, Ray is evil. Um, we're talking about like um, when a bad person does something and then they get uh, their comeuppance it's like a magic spell they're like a wizard that's cast a magic spell on people and then when they die the spell kind of releases people and yeah. it's almost like Ray. So, yeah like when the white witch dies then all of the stat animals that they've turned to stone magically come back to life again. or like in Beauty and the Beast when everyone's like I'm not a candle I'm a man <laughs> <laughs> so so it's like 
when Ray says, yeah, I did, I did it, I did do it, yeah. um, then Faye will just get magically released, which is what Corrie does. But in real life, I can't see what's going to... This isn't how she's it still, happens. She's still nearly killed Adam, and they yeah. can't just give her a slap on the wrist and say, oh, go on then, you've been, in, you've been inside for a couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, he. yeah, you thought it was this guy, and he is an arsehole after all. Mm. It, it doesn't work like that. I'm really baffled as to what's going to happen. Yeah. But again, I, it's only really kind of intellectual curiosity. It's not like I care. No. Which is sad because I should care. Yeah, I, uh, there, there's just the the relationships, the plot, no, nothing here is particularly You've grabbing me. You've written lacklustre and I think that's a very good word. It, it is, it, it is really. All the all the stuff about Craig and his job, I don't care. I thought that when he was going to resign, I thought that that could have been an opportunity there for the storyliners or whoever it is to go, you know what, we've, we've put Craig down this route of being a policeman and he's, he's not doing a very good job of it, really, which I've, I've thought all along. I don't think he's a very effective, commanding, authoritative figure in the slightest that a policeman needs to be. And if he'd quit this and gone off and done something else, maybe. But the fact <gasps> is, he's use, it's useful to have a character in the show who is a policeman, just yeah. the same way it's useful to have a character who is a doctor or a nurse or a landlord or whatever. All the, or whatever all of the, the handy jobs characters in the street happen to have so uh. I just had a brilliant idea um, where he should work he'd be brilliant working with George and um, Todd could be I think he'd be brilliant there um, I don't agree with you about him being a police officer I actually kind of like it I think it's quite hilarious I think it's in the it's fine it's supposed to be hilarious I think it's in the fine tradition of Coronation Street um, policemen being fairly inadequate at their jobs i like it i think he's i think it's not i i like him i have a problem with him being a police officer but what i do have a problem with him being a police officer lying and getting promoted weirdly into something that he's i don't think he's suited to at all so quickly as well yeah. i mean he is a, he's not a proper and promotion like, and it's just what do they say it's like an apprentice or yeah, attached. something like that attached that's all right attached yeah. to cid just I I don't I so I don't buy it I do not buy him as a police officer. Sorry. I do. Yeah, he's um, just too, he's just too nice. But I just don't. It just feels like it's gonna be oh Faye gets magically released eventually because of Ray. Yeah, and then but also Cray gets found out because he's messaging Faye and he shouldn't be. He should be fired. If he gets caught, he should be kicked out of the police because it's bad enough doing something wrong, but also then lying on the top. Mm. This is not what we want to cultivate in the police force. No. I, but I mean, I wonder whether we're going to see a prison story for Faye because sometimes characters get thrown in prison and that's the last we see them for a little while. Sometimes they go in there and have little mini stories like Johnny did or like Peter did when he was in there with Jim or Sally, we saw a lot of her when she was in prison. Yasmin, we didn't see too much of her last year when she was in prison. So I wonder whether Faye's going to have a prison story Story. I don't think that she's strong enough a character to hold one on her own. So oh, I'm, no. I'm kind of hoping no for that. It was quite funny that they turned the court, the police set into a court by making it red. Oh yeah, the um, yeah, outside of the police. Where was it? It was the court outside. They painted it. Well, it has, but I think it's that colour anyway. But they put a little sign on it to say that this is the Crown <laughs> Court. And I've got a feeling that there might have been a little bit they of used CG. An angle, yeah. It looked like a funny angle. I think they might have painted something next to it to make it look like it was somewhere else. I'm not but sure. But it really it, was obviously just for, the same for, thing. For anyone who's visited the set and seen the area outside the police station, it's literally like it's two there. large paces out of the police um, off, uh, police station was this building. 
but that's just us and our, you know, visiting the set has ruined it all for us. Um, yes. Troll Hill, Gemma, making a mountain out of a troll hill. It hasn't ruined it, it's enhanced it. Okay. And we want to go back. Oh, yes, please. Yes, please. <laughs> and we're very grateful to everybody who has invited <laughs> I'm us. I'm only joking, I love a bit of inside sausage who factory. Was... <laughs> um, oh, if you want to go to our Facebook group and join our Facebook group, um... I've forgotten who it was who went oh, there. Oh, yeah, somebody is, yeah. And they said the building's ongoing. Oh, yes, there is building work ongoing. We have a report from somebody who's just been to uh, Media City and been having a look around. Find out who it is, because I don't like keep saying okay, about well, you, people. You tell without... us what's been going on in the but Troll I hope I'm forgiven, line. because I, you guys know I don't remember the names of people that have been in the show for 60 years, so... Um, I don't think our internet's working at the moment. You, 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 you go can on. sort it out. Okay. Making a mountain out of a troll hill is the name of the story. Um, I don't know why I don't have children because I'm excellent at reading out bedtime stories, as you can tell. Monday, Brian tells Kathy that the Golden Heart nomination was actually genuine for services to foster care, but who is it from? And actually, I forgot to mention this previously, but I'm starting to wonder, I don't know why I think this, but is some of this, is this Sharon? What? This trolling. Is this Sharon? I don't know. I, mm, no. I don't, know. I don't think Sharon knows enough about Rita. The fact that she came in and called her Rita Sullivan makes it seem to me like she's not necessarily been doing her you don't need, to, Yeah, but you don't or, need to know a lot about Rita to troll Kathy. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. I don't know. I'm just saying. So, anyway, who's it from? And then they work out that it's Sharon. Elaine and Yasmin try to persuade Kathy to go back to Brian, but she's not. she's quite reluctant... She's, she's just loving living yeah. the golden girl life. I think there, she's maybe she's feeling a bit of fizz burnout and she doesn't want to do Brian's pants. <laughs> it's like a utopian woman's paradise where they all do do their own laundry and nobody <laughs> else's. Brian goes back to Kathy and she starts to warm to the idea of um, returning to, to I her. I found it, Gemma. It was Al who has visited Coronation Street set, well, the outside of the Coronation Street set recently. Yes, he says there's building work going on, which we can only assume is that set extension um, media, busiest shop, blah, 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 that's, that we we reported about a year ago, wouldn't it? But things have been happening to slow it down, I assume. How exciting. Yes, join our Facebook group. It's full of lovely people who um, are very exciting and post pictures of them. Anyway, sorry for interrupting. Back to Brian and Kathy. Right, so she's like, oh, I might come back to you, um, but I've got to be sure that Trolls have backed off before I return home. And he tries to woo her and says, I'll look after you. I thought this was really sweet. We don't get to see a whole lot of Brian and Kathy love. And we we had something a few weeks ago where he said, I love you. And it seemed really genuine. And this was a nice bit of relationship building, wasn't it? Where he was like saying, oh, I've changed the bed sheets. And he does a little wink and stuff. (laughs) I I love this. I think it's really sweet. Um, I want more of it. I didn't really... Um, no, I cared this much about them as a couple, but Brian's winning me over. Just feels baffling that she's just left him. Um, it I don't. Is, I, it? I wouldn't a lot be about okay. The story that's baffling. I wouldn't be okay with you moving out because you were scared. I'd move. I'd move with you. You know. Yeah. That's what doesn't make sense. But never mind. Um, it's still sweet to see him. It remind. It kind of reminds me of like you know when you get two little birds and the man is like fluffing his feathers up and kind of moving up and down the perch and the lady's like whatever the thing is it's only temporary isn't it i think it, it was sweet but I, I i can see myself being annoyed by them again next I week there's, there's not know. a consistent yeah they need to be more consistent with it spark between them so so he's saying 
um, what are all these packages all over the floor? And she's like, oh, you know, Yasmin and Elaine, what a pair of, um, I think lazy sluts would be a good. What? I think slut used to mean just bad at housework. They're just, why are they lazy? <laughs> they're just buying a load of things. She's, she's just using it. And yeah, ma- ma- it making a mess. Yes. So she said, he says, I've, I've, yeah, I'm only up the road. I've got the ingredients for your favourite food. I've changed your bed seats. Wink, wink. I love you. Bye. Kathy. He blew her a kiss at the end, which is really cute oh, as that well. Is very it's really romantic. nice. He kind of like pops his head back around the door again. I just like that moment. Kathy tells Elaine and Yasmin that things are looking up for her and Brian, but is it okay if I stay a bit longer? That's fine, isn't it? They're like, oh, not really. Okay. And then they're like, what? What? Why? Why is all this stuff everywhere? And she goes, oh, that's a good point actually. Let me show you what I bought. And she opens this package, and inside are. Matching pink dressing gowns with the names of their names written on the back, and she's like, "Oh, we're like the Golden Girls." That was funny because that's what a few people, the fans, had been saying about those three yeah. together, wasn't it? Yeah, that was very clever of Coronation Street to um like work out that people would have uh, called them that. That's quite funny. Yeah. And they're like, "Huh." Hmm. So I thought that this was this was all right this week. It was only obviously a very minor part of this week. I the the Kathy and Brian scene in the middle saved it that the, the, still the whole idea of the trolling storyline doesn't really make sense to me what, what's not making sense at the moment is that do the trolls know how do the trolls know that Kathy has moved out because Brian said that they're not they haven't had any trolling so there's been a week now and they haven't received any you know more bricks through the window or death threats or or anything like that so do do the people is it somebody who knows Kathy but then, it's if, really if they did, baffling. it's really he's weird. still keeping it quiet from everybody that she's there at number six. So it's not like, well, why aren't they just moved to throw the bricks through Yas's window? But yeah, it's it's really weird. Can I just? Is somebody tracking her? I just need to um, defend myself because I am right that the word "slut" originally in Middle English meant a dirty, untidy, or slovenly woman. Oh, okay, well, there you don't go. argue with somebody who's got an English degree about. <laughs> when to use what the word words mean? Um, <laughs> yeah I don't I don't get it I don't understand this um, the story is kind of kind of feels like it's freewheeling completely it's out just, of control it's just out, out there as well baffling so. we've um, learned her lesson be careful what you post on the internet it just feels like feels like a springboard to something else but um why they had to use this springboard in particular well, they use it know. as kind of springboard the Sharon return didn't they but it's this is, this aspect of it is still ongoing. I do like the fact that they're bringing back Kathy's hoarding. Yeah, that's nice. Nice little nod to the past. Um, because oh, that was that's when, it, <laughs> when she was when she was first in the show. She had a big her oh, old yeah. house, didn't she, with the big when, piles of things that she fell on top of. So I'm guessing we'll she didn't see fall it, on top of it. So they fell on top of her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm guessing we may see a bit of that. Maybe we'll have Yasmin trapped under a pile of boxes next time and it will <laughs> give her flashbacks if... to Jeff with a with her box, I don't know. I don't know if Yasmin's going to let it get that out of hand. I don't no. think I would. Like the Faye story, I don't particularly care. Um, I just need this to be wrapped up now, really, but it was entertaining enough this week. I just feel, again, like it's a missed opportunity to really do a proper story about trolling and I think that they're going to go, oh yeah, we've done it now. Mm. And then they won't talk about it again for a long time and... That's yeah. unfortunate. Right, so we've got the stand and delivered story. Just a tiny bit. I mean, considering that this was the um, 
uh, the climax to last week's episode. We had the massive cliffhanger of, oh no, Peter's just got married now, he's face planted on the cobbles. Is he okay? And Monday's <laughs> yeah, like, fine. yeah, he's okay. They're relatively cheery in hospital on Monday morning. He's got hypertension and hypoglycemia or something like that. And um, he's been put on the transplant list. So win win, really. Um, apparently, on average, you have to wait 145 days to get a liver. So he's going to be watching that clock. But he doesn't want to keep banging on about it, he says to Carla. When they get back home, he just wants to forget it get back on with their lives and that uh, maybe this story can have a little break for maybe 145 days i wouldn't complain well she said it could be any minute it could or be it could be never could be longer i'm sure it will be sooner rather than later it won't be 145 days yeah i very much appreciated the fact that this story didn't take any more time up of this week apart from like you know four scenes on monday so because that so, could have properly ruined the week because the rest of the week was so good that more of this would have just made it drag so Carla and Peter are married and he's on the transplant list. Yeah, that is it. And honestly, um, I think when I look back on this year, I'm going to forget they got married. I don't know. Maybe. I don't think it's going to be the same as Ad- as Sarah and Adam because that relationship just sprang out of nowhere. Same with the Gary and Maria one. I think At least Carla and Peter you know, were in a long-term relationship beforehand. Call me old-fashioned. I want a wedding where the couple get married and they make plans and then they build up to it and then they have a, an episode where it's them getting married with mishaps and funny things and then they get married at the end and I guess we're going to get that with Kevin and Abby but honestly Abby's too good for Kevin so I can't get too excited about it final story Gemma uh, cool crash bang wallet yes that's right <laughs> on Friday Corey is it being just a really He's horrible bonking Asher all night He's he's being just words I can't say. I'm so cross with him. I don't know if he's who's worse out of him and Tyrone. It's Corey, he's just a scumbag. He's he's kind of he's being an arse to Ardy. Corey makes your skin crawl. Tyrone does not make my skin crawl. So he's like um, he just makes me shake spent, my head and wag my finger in disappointment at him. Spent the night with Asha. He's making he's he's annoying. RD and rubbing his nose in it going I need to keep my energy up to match your sister's voracious such sexual appetite and then RD punches him in the face that was, was brilliant really both of us were just like yeah yeah and it was it, really well um performed and filmed. it was it, it, it didn't, didn't look it didn't look social fake. distance punch or anything. it's not often that me and you kind of cheer or boo or anything like that the tv did it but when he when he got that you know, when he punched punch him, on the nose both, both of us yeah erupted in um, in cheers so and, well done, and it was satisfying too to see him get his reward which was a packet of luxury crisps yes yes that was um, so funny because when dev comes home Ardy tells him exactly what happened and dev's like oh no I'm going to have to ground you, but you help yourselves to some And luxury. I think it was Asher maybe that told Dev what happened, possibly. But oh. either way, Dev is, is kind of a well, little Dev's bit like, proud oh, of Well, Dev's like, oh dear, that's awful. And then to, to Asher, but to Ardy, he's like, ah, yeah, I hate him as well. I want to beat him up too. Have the luxury crisps. Asher's, Asher's mad when she sees that he is tucking into these crisps. And I'll tell you what. She's like, he's almost being rewarded for this. And Deb's like, nah. uh, <laughs> Um, I really like the way Adam Hussein managed to find the biggest crisps in the bag to sort of wrap his gob around them and like really Some of the looks that he was giving. He's when, really fantastic. He, he? he is. He is really good. And and when, when um, 
Asha and Dev were having that confrontation because Asha realises what's going on and she's having a go at Dev and Dev's trying to backpedal and it's all a bit awkward and some of the looks that Adi goes like he's loving it drama yes he's just gonna sit here and eat my little he's a joy to watch as well Um, also this was the birth of the phrase diddy dev from Corey calling Adi a diddy dev because he's acting like his dad and um Dev saying, I don't negotiate with Kardashians, which is fantastic. He also threw in another reference to, I think, the Kardashians by talking about a bloke. But I don't know enough about them to know what that meant. But I guess that was also funny. And he also said, "Um, I'm not... What did he say? I'm not Sally Metcalf shagging a pat or something. I can't remember. <laughs> like he did it better than I did. Anyway, fantastic. And the, um, and the, and the, the outcome of all this was Asha's saying she's packing her bag oh and she's yes. moving in That's with Corey. That's probably quite an important probably thing to mention. Probably quite important. So that, she's what this move means, in with him. What this means is this is going to be a big story for next week, I hope, which I am thrilled about. Well, what Because I love this. It's been a while. It's been a while since week. we've seen a bit of Asha. And... um. I was. We said at the beginning of the year that this is going to be, you know, a big, big year for the Allahans, and it hasn't really felt yet like a big year. They're still, you know, dipping their toes in every now and again, then going, oh no, 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 we need to hide but away I for a I think they're. I think they're a solid supporting family, and they've been much on a much lower rung than that for a long time. Oh yeah, they have. They're they're, they're bigger now than they have been for a long time, but it feels like they. I, I think I they're want as big be... as they've ever been since Anita left. Yeah, but I still want them more. Me too. If, the, the I'd rather, but let me just say, I'd rather be left wanting more yeah, than that's be true. stuck going, God, Not can we move again. on? I don't I mean, want to see these It feels like anymore. the trolling storyline is bigger than this storyline is and has been this year, which doesn't really doesn't feel right. It doesn't, it doesn't sit well with me. But right. what a great week. That very, was, very much that fun. That was the best week so in a long time. It, and, it um, was refreshing to finally get to a, an episode where we can say that was brilliant. Enjoyed that. Yeah. Really and well And you know done. what? I came home from Wednesday from school in a really foul you mood. Did. I've had a stressful week at school. I've got a whole, got to be, going to be working all day Michael's on Saturday really as well. It is, it, is, it is tough at the moment. And I was, I was rotten mood. But th- this went to show me the quality of Wednesday's episode in my eyes just shows that even like, yeah. Uh, even when you're, even when you're down, Cory can get you out of it. And sometimes, you know, I think, oh, did I, did I, was that episode of Cory that bad, or was it just that I was in a bad mood? But this shows me, no, it can get me out of it. And uh, and I was hoping. So that... I was right when I hated it. <laughs> yes, exactly. It was bad all those times. But it also proves me right that when when I was saying like I think <laughs> it may even last week I was saying you know it has its peaks and its troughs and when it's down I don't give up on it because I know it's going to go high again. Little did I know that that high would be coming so soon. And how, is it just a fleeting high? Is it going to be back down again next week? I mean, with the fact that there's going to be an Asher storyline at the forefront and also the the, the Sharon storyline surely got a lot more to go next week. Um, it could be another good good week next week. Um, so I'm 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 excited about where it's going to go. Honestly, I think we've got a couple of good weeks of curry coming up. Um, as for a score though, I'm not sure. I mean, it didn't have you know the massive shocks, the big stunts, the you know the explosive drama, the you know the 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 superbly quotable scripts or anything that might be a, a five week. I don't even know whether it's a four and a half week, really, because I still think that the the Faye and Gary storyline and Craig kind of dragged it down a little bit. But there was so much good. I, d- I don't want to rebound from my weeks of twos and say, well, this is a six out of five. So I think I'm going to settle on a four for this week. Um, I'm definitely but, giving it a four. But it, yeah, four 
Um, goth cupcakes. You're giving it four goth cupcakes, are you? I'm going to give it four relatively secure hugs with Roy <laughs> out of five. Oh, that would be nice. Um, character of the week. This, this is why when you can tell it's a good week. Yes, there's so many people. Is is it? Is it Fizz? Is it Sharon? Is it Jenny? Is it Seb? Is it Nina? Is it um, Brian? Is it is it Asher? Is it Court? Is it Ardy? There's so many people that I could give character of the week for, and I I haven't decided yet. I I, I think if Jenny had held her ground and um, distrusted Sharon for a bit longer, she could have been up there. And I think it's been a long time since I've given Jenny a character of the week. I mean, I don't know whether to go for Sharon just for the the newness factor, and I was you know always thrilled to, I was to, to to have any scene with her in. Um, I wouldn't know who to pick between Seb or Nina, really. Um, it's a really I'm tough give it one. To Nina. I, I was thinking to Nina. To I was Sharon. thinking at Nina because she she came in with such a bang, so confidently, and so so well done. Um, and it felt like she'd been in it for years. She I don't know so whether it was the novelty of her being in. I I don't know whether the character did enough to make her character the week. But uh. but Nina with her. Nina was great all week and I really enjoyed Roy. her react her interactions with Roy and yeah. I'm pleased that she is getting a good story and I think she's wonderful and I um and charming and so I think I would like to give her the award. I'm I'm I think I'm going to as well. That honestly, there's so many characters that it could have been this week. And we week, had but... a rare um, appearance of her without her apron on. We did, didn't we? So we got to see a lovely purple Because we had uh, discussions on the Facebook group about her and kind of like what her outfits are like and whether they're a bit too costly. She always wears the same But the trouble thing. is that it's her apron that kind of um, mm. hides a lot of what her outfits are. And they're actually quite interesting and unique and... It, the trouble is, though, it's difficult for the cameras to pick up the detailing on some of them because they're all so black. Yeah. But um, when she when she takes her apron off, she wears a bit more interesting things. It's just that it, they're always hidden under that apron, which yeah. is a bit um, a bit over the top. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to Nina. She stuck to her principles. She showed a bit of emotion. She had some lovely scenes with Roy. She was quite Aww. sweet with Seb. Um, yeah. I love uh, and her. and uh, and I think there will still be ample opportunity. I hope in the coming weeks for Sharon to potentially earn it I'm so sure. Nina is my character of the week and it's a four out of five four week. out of five week. well done brilliant lovely week. and um I think with that we will end our street talk and um head over to the cabin for a bit of news yeah dong this is the news we're taking over the news this week the cabin because there's not much really happening so we're going to talk about conversation street stuff instead I hope you don't mind but there is actually some uh, proper conversation street news later What's the news, Gemma? Oh, Michael, for God's sake, people listen to this. What? It's not just you shouting news into your me. phone. What is our top story this week? Gemma Cox. This is... Don't use my full name. This is anonymous. Um, <laughs> so, I have started um, a social media account. Um, haven't done it on Facebook, because Facebook's horrible. Uh, also, Twitter's <laughs> horrible as well. Oh, our Facebook more... group is lovely. That's why we have a group, Michael, because the rest of it... it. Is, is scary and we've got our own little enclave of nice people that we keep yes. in, a, in a little box. <laughs> um, and so a spoiler free. Can I just explain what this is? Corrie Collective is what I've called this and I've been trying, I've been wanting to do this for years but I never knew how to start and today it, it just dawned on me just start. That's the best way to begin something is just to start doing it. Because so, I've only known about this for like 
two hours or so. That's, yeah, but I've talked you, to you You've mentioned about this. it on and off for, for many years in the past, yes. and you just said, told me, I've done it this afternoon, Michael. I, just did I couldn't it. even remember what you were talking about, but I do have some vague memories of you mentioning it in the past. This so, is Gemma's project. So, um, since we've started doing this podcast, one of the main things that I've gotten out of it is charities and working with charities and supporting charities and fundraising. And Coronation Street, work, as we know, all know, works with closely with some charities for um, big storylines. And sometimes um, we talk about them as well. And we've, we've uh, raised money in the past and we've donated Patreon money and, and things like that. And um, But it always just felt to me like there was a big kind of gap where something should go that's kind of like an umbrella to kind of collect all of this together. Is that what you do with umbrellas? And put it in one place so that you can find information and you can access it. Like, so eventually... I, 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 I want to ask you some questions here. Can I but... say, eventually, what I want to be able to do is use it to raise money for charity for Coronation Street. But that's going to take a while. I need to work out what I'm, how to do that. But I thought, first of all, let's just start at the beginning with the social media accounts, and it's just going to be talking about... Um, charities that are involved with storylines as they come up. So is it is it just about because I'm going to ask you some questions yes, about it, and some of it is because I'm just you, you know, don't know for the sake of the podcast, and some of it I don't know. So oh, are so you? <laughs> I think all of it is because you don't know. You're just are, are you just? Is this just about stories that Coronation Street is about, or is it about you know charity stuff that cast members are doing separate from Coronation Street? Both. So there's the charities that are involved in Coronation Street. Mm-hmm. So for example. Um, uh, the NSPCC for Simon's story. Um, there, I think it's the Liver Trust for um Peter's story. You know, Women's Aid for coercive control and Yasmin's yeah. um stuff. So there's there's things like that, and uh, what is it? Um, Mind and Calm, Calm and, for yeah, yeah, Aiden's story. So those kind of things. I'm gonna as they come up, I'm gonna mention them and tweet about them and stuff. But also, if a um coronation street celebrity is doing some kind of fundraising <laughs> um i will t- retweet about that as well oh, so... even if they're not very famous at all <laughs> uh, well the person i am thinking of is the first person that i've retweeted and that's Helen matthews of course very famous and she is doing her 50 for 50 so she's running 5k 50 times because she's turned twenty five recently. And that's something like that. We might it. have one of the two of those numbers. Um, on, but... So she, so I retweeted that because she's, but she's raising money for things for personal reasons. Yes. So I retweet that. Um, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna like commit myself to every single charity. I'm not gonna like set myself up for failure by saying every single time somebody does something, I'm gonna retweet it. So you're just kind of looking out for when you spot charity yeah. things and things that are close to people's hearts. So for example, um, the five hundred. Donate weekly. Oh, yeah, yeah, the, the, um, the five, uh, uh, 50, so this was the acts um, of kindness. 500 acts of kindness. Yes. So, this is something that's Julie Husband House's charity. Yeah, so she set that up, and it's every week you donate a pound, and then the charity is a group. I am still doing that. It comes out of my exactly. bank account every Monday. I know, I do the budget. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, that is a charity that I, will, I might retweet. Yeah. But eventually what I really want it to be for is for fans who are raising money for charity that is Coronation Street related. So if you're oh, a Coronation I see. I Street I get it, I get it. That sounds good. If you're a Coronation Street fan and you just so happen to be doing like, I don't know, um Race for Life, not so interested in that. If you're a Coronation Street fan and you're raising money because the storyline's affected you or you are somehow it, that storyline is something that you have experienced with mm. Or you know that's what that's what I'm interested in. So say yeah. you saw say you saw Peter's story and you're like you know 
this happened to my dad, I want to raise £100 for my local hospital to support people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that is something that I want to So do you want, want people to, to like, you, to contact, how, how can they contact you? Just by Twitter? You haven't got an email or anything yet, no. have you? Corrie Collect, at Corrie Collect on Twitter. Oh yeah, I think this is the first time we've actually... Corrie Collective yeah. on Instagram. Okay. So what I really want to do, what this, what I really want this to, what I want to happen from this is for people to be inspired and to try to raise money for Coronation Street related courses. That's the end goal. This is very, very wholesome, Jamra. I like the sound of this a lot. Why should people follow your account? What follow sort of my people? Account. What sort of people do you think? Is it just people with, you know, too much money burning a hole in their pockets that they want to donate to charity? Or? Well, listen, donating money is a very good way of supporting charities. I'm not going to lie. But following and retweeting and liking and commenting on things that are to do with charities also will help because the charities that are involved with Coronation Street will see that Coronation Street fans are reacting positively and engaging with them and learning about things which they might not have known otherwise. And that yeah. just kind of supports the whole thing of um, and, and the whole reason why Coronation Street does these charity links. So, and also, obviously, none of this is affiliated with ITV or Coronation Street. This is just something that I'm doing myself. Yeah, so if you're feeling um, similarly philanthropic, what's the word? Philanthropic? <laughs> then you might want to follow Gemma's Please extra follow account. me. Is it, if... is it like, is it a, a, like an affiliate of Conversation Street? Or is it part yeah. of Conversation Street? You have pinched my logo. I did, I just um, very... She photoshopped it crudely with a blue background. It. I tried to, I couldn't work out I might, I might do something with I that. I went on paint that, in the you? end. Um, <laughs> Please okay. follow it because the more people that follow it, the more people will yes. find it. Exactly, exactly. You don't sounds, have to donate a penny. You don't have to donate a penny the whole time. But I it's just would spreading really the word appreciate. on social media. Hashtag speak and save. That exactly, sounds good. You know, I like. I like the sounds of maybe people. Uh, I don't know if there's anyone in Coronation Street who, um, you know, behind the scenes, who's in charge of the charity kind of thing that might be able to set up. You <clears> send you some emails or. something. It'd be really lovely. I, I honestly, I, I've always thought that something more could be done um, from the fan side. That's what I want. I kind of, at the end, like, I have this fantasy of people saying, oh, look, Coronation Street fans have banded together based on yeah. this story and they've donated £500 to the hospital to help with whatever. Yeah. That's what I would love to happen. That's going to take a lot of time and, and your help to be able to get to that stage. So, please help me. This is great. I, I like that. I, okay. I applaud your efforts here. I hope that lots of people follow your account. Me too. I mean, I'm not... Is it, it's do. also part of... I mean, I, I guess I'm tangentially related well, you're related. to it. I'm going to get you... I'm going to rape you in at some point, I'm sure. I had a really cool idea, um, and then I worked out perhaps it probably won't... It seems like, a bit daunting. But one thing I thought that would be quite cool, if I could, we can get enough people behind this, we can do a, a fundraiser... Um, I was thinking in December, 60, the 61st anniversary, yeah. it'd be really cool to do like a watchathon for 61 hours of Coronation Street, but that's two and a half days. <laughs> so I don't know, 61 minutes isn't long enough. No. <laughs> but you know, that's the, that's the kind of thing so, I'm so talking about. Like that. I get I'm, it, I get it. So, so uh, maybe, who knows, if we get enough people or people are interested, that's yeah, what I want. still a way away, isn't it? Oh, good, yeah. luck. good luck with that. Everybody Thank make sure you go and follow and retweet like and get other people to follow as well. Yes, because we, how many followers we got at the moment? Like I've got a few, 10? actually. Yeah. Oh, well, that's good. That, that's good. Well done. Right, it's um, at Corrie Collect on Twitter and it's at Corrie Collective on Instagram. And Corrie Collective is the, the name I think of that, the thing. I think you should write an article for Coronation Street and Blog. 
I think that's why. Oh, I don't want to do any work towards it. (laughs) (laughs) Just want all the all the praise and admiration. That's what uh, I've done. I've started an account. Where is my MBE? That's what I want. (laughs) Um, Second bit of news is also Conversation Street related. Oh yeah, Um, George, you you, you were a team in the role of talking at the moment, and this this was this was you that helped us um, get this set up as well, isn't it? This is Patreon. I love like the praise I get for the most minimum of effort things that I do for this show. We um so if you're a Patreon and you're the Rovers tier, you will know you get us a free bit of merch every year. And last year we gave away some lovely mugs. Um, this year we are doing t-shirts. We talked a couple of weeks ago on the podcast about we really need to find something. This is going to be an Easter job. And last weekend we were doing a bit of reading and searching around and spreadsheeting and stuff and yep. costings. And um, we thought a t-shirt might be quite nice. We are really excited about this because it's going to be a lovely soft cotton t-shirt. And because we've got enough of lovely people on our Patreon, we're actually going to be able to order a bunch of them instead of just like sending out individual items that are manufactured in different places and actually get them all done at once and sent here and then we can post them out to everybody yeah. and um if right so if you want if you, this sounds cool to you and you want to join the patreon rovers tier to get your perk bear in mind it gets sent out to you after six months of supporting at that level, which is $10 a month. So if you already have supported us for, the, for that long at Rover's tier, please listen. We need to know what T-shirt size you would like to have. And we've posted this on the Patreon page and it will give you the sizes for the, the, the across the chest, how big, you, how big these are going to be. Um, they're, it's measured in inches. They're unisex. They're then they're slim fit, but they are. Can you describe the appearance of these t-shirts? We haven't have ha- a cool logo. We, it's going to have the Coronation Conversation Street logo. It's going to be orange. It's going to be a bright orange t-shirt with black, the black logo on the front. I think it's going to look really cool. Um, but before we can order them, we need to know what what sizes to get yeah so because we can like get like Gemma said we can get a bulk delivered so but we want to know do, we, so do, we, do we want like, like how many are the smalls yeah. how many are the mediums how many are the larges so roughly exciting. so we need we need people to tell us you know please. relatively soon please first so of we May are what we want to know if you're a Patreon perk Rovers tier person please email us or let us know somehow um, what size you would email like. will be better please, please email and I like, collect it all together in the same that's place that's it but yes, yeah, by so, the first so of May, forget... and we will we will send probably send out. I'll probably put a reminder in the email that yeah. goes out with um with the show notes this week. Yeah, and... because you get show notes, you get you get merch, you get free episodes. Which we also hopefully are going to record this weekend, aren't we? Because we need to do our April Patreon episode, and um, by next weekend it's not going to be April anymore. I don't think so. We Oops. really need to get cracking on that one. So thank uh, you everybody for supporting us on Patreon. We love you very much, and. Well, if, if you don't if you don't tell us your tea such sides, what do we say? We're getting medium, large. large, large, right in the middle, lovely. Because let's face it, the average is is large, isn't it? <laughs> I'm so so excited about this because I've, you can have a bit of room, can't you? Yeah, I did, if if we like get another set tour or something, would you proudly wear it just so that you know get, I the, think get the word out? There? T- secretly, the the th- reason I'm excited about this is because we can. In, in this order we can get some for ourselves <laughs> and uh, I don't think I'm going to fit <laughs> I'm going to have to lose some weight before I can get into the extra extra large <laughs> be so silly. but when I can fit into it I shall wear it with pride um, right now finally we have actually some proper Coronation Street actual news well it is ex-Coronation Street so it's kind of Coronation Street but you know what 
Coronation Street people who leave the show go on and do other things. And um, just there's you been a whole bunch them. bunch of people that have appeared in things recently or have currently or soon to be appearing in things. So we thought we'd bundle it together in one little news article here. So first off, Connor McIntyre, who played Pat Phelan, bit of a, uh, a Conversation Street show favourite. Um, I think this is his first TV role he's had since um, since leaving Corrie. Well, don't forget, he's an artist. He is an artist as well. Yes. Um, and he is playing Grandad Cooper in four episodes of Ackley bridge which is a channel was it channel four i think um like it's like school drama it's like six thing o'clock. it's a tea time school drama thing for like teenagers in secondary school and granddad we, we watched um, we, we watched the I first was, episode yeah. um the other day and, and he was well it was on it was on we were waiting for connor to, I was just to waiting appear <laughs> to be fair I, I, I don't have this. It I, was it, this series. I think it's a series four of it. I, I, to be honest, I haven't heard of I it before it this week. It's a school show, and 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 he plays the grandfather in a um, gypsy traveller community. No, I don't know what the word they use, Michael. I think they use this word. Um, and 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 the new boy turns up at school. This hunky gypsy, and, and I don't think you can say gypsy. Anymore. Oh, yes, I, think, I, I think that's what they were called. I don't. I, I don't, don't know. think but it's you know, appropriate. You this know is what why I was going to avoid talking about what the show is about because I don't know the. I I, I listen. I've inherited this weird quirk from my granddad, and I always used to think he's crazy when he did this, but this is what I do. I watch television with the mute on, and it's so much more interesting. We, we, so we I don't know what they were Connor. saying. He, he was at the be- he was in the beginning for a bit, stroking a horse's nose for an awful long time. Yeah, that horse and was he had a couple it. of lines, and and I and I sent uh, Connor and I had a couple of texts back and forth oh, like, nice. the other night, and he said that it was a very lovely horse. And this was the first time we've been cast as a grandfather as well. Oh yeah, I know. When I, when I read he was going to be the, the granddad, I was like, no. Oh, <laughs> okay. Is right, that so grey beard Connor, he's getting himself? Connor's now, in Ackley Bridge. What's Kath up to? Um, she is playing a character called Kate Tuckman in an ITV show that's, I think, starting next Catherine week. Catherine Tilsley, who played Eva, Eva. Price. She's playing a pro- in a programme called Viewpoint, which is about, like, a... a not a stakeout, a surveillance, um, sort of police surveillance operation thing um, about a missing primary school teacher, apparently, which sounds quite interesting. I'm sure... We won't watch it. Looks it looks like a gritty ITV drama. It does look like And a... it's very heavily um, advertised. And so it's, it's, selling a, it's starring Noel Clark as well, isn't it? Who is the... Ref- well, he's got a proper decent award recently. Did he get a BAFTA or something the other week? Noel Clark, who Gemma's shrugging. He's the guy who played Mickey in Doctor Who. Oh. <laughs> that, and he has oh, also yeah. done many, many other things. I mean, he is, he is really, really on the up and up. He is... Um, yeah, so... Um, he but... should be in Corey. If you like gritty ITV dramas, then then watch that and, and let us know because um, I don't we, we haven't seen Catherine anything we we, we watched oh so... that was that thing that she that oh comedy. Scarborough she was in wasn't she yeah didn't we watched like a little it. bit of that but didn't really like it <laughs> I really really love Catherine Tilsley in Coronation Street so this could be good um, I, I I I mean her fav my favorite Kath Tilsley character is obviously Olga on social media I know she needs her own uh, TV series I'll tell you what I don't know enough about TV but it feels to me like we don't have. We, that kind of like I really feel like she could fit into like one of those sketch shows we used to have every every TV programme was like a sketch show in the 90s yeah <sighs> so anyway tune in that's, that's next week on ITV I can give you no more uh, other details than that um, we've so also got us. I think we might have mentioned this on the podcast I've got a feeling that this was mentioned this was announced months ago we maybe mentioned it but Bavna Limbachia is going to be playing in an episode of Inside Number 9 I do remember talking about Inside Number 9 but there was a trailer that was released for it this week she wasn't in it she wasn't in it but she she retweeted it and said it's coming soon she's excited so that's cool 
Um, really Which great show. Don't forget that weird they featured... psychological horror slash comedy. But they had a Halloween special, which was Coronation Street related. They did. And last series, it had um, Debbie Rush and she was in an episode, wasn't yes. she? Which is the best um, best episode of this series, please, even if I do say so myself. Please watch I the don't. Halloween special of Inside Number 9. If you haven't seen it already, don't look it up. Don't spoil it for yourself. Um, it's a lot of fun. Yes. If if possible, go back in time and watch it when it was live. Yeah. If you watch it, you know, you'll know what I mean. And finally... Not just on the TV, but we've also got a little bit of tread in the boards here from Jack James Ryan, who played Jacob um, for a little bit, sadly too short a period broke on Coronation Street recently. Huh? I don't know what they did to him. They broke his legs. It's Henry that got oh, his, yeah. Henry, his collarbone uh, uh, broken, I think. But Jack James Ryan played Jacob, and he is going to be um, acting at the National Theatre, everybody, in London, in a play called Afterlife. And no, that is not, not Ricky Gervais related. Gervais. <laughs> um, it's uh, the, the, the synopsis of it, um, if you go onto the website. National Theatre, oh, London, yeah. between the 2nd of June and 24th, 24th of July. Of July. I, I'd quite like to see this, really. I mean, the Tell me what it's about. It's, it's uh, if you could spend eternity with just one precious memory, what would it be? A group of strangers oh, grapple with this... Imp- a group of strangers grapple with this impossible question as they find themselves in a bureaucratic waiting room between life and death. Encouraged by enigmatic officials, they must sift through their past lives to choose their forever. So quite an interesting <laughs> concept there. And I'm so, 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 so chuffed that Jack has got this. I mean, he's been doing something else recently. He recently posted on Instagram, like, that's a wrap. I've got a project he's with a ITV diva. coming up. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's also on the up and up. Um, so, so, yeah, it was obviously the uh, interview that he did with Conversation Street a month or two ago that springboarded him to greater success. That's all I can put it down to anyway. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, if any of that um, sounds interesting to you, do make sure you tune in and um, <laughs> even let us know what you thought about it, especially if we possibly aren't going to watch it all ourselves. But um, that's it, I think, for news this cabin. week. That's the cabin. We managed to string that out quite well, considering it's a slow news week. We make our own news. Yeah, and, we um, do. <laughs> Luckily, though, we don't have to make our own feedback. So let's find <laughs> out what our listeners have got to say this week. All right, we have got some feedback then. And um, we, I think we, we were not so... Oh, no, I, th- I think we said that I gave Corey a three last week, I think. And the Facebook group has skewed a little bit higher, 3.19. But we're mostly in agreement. And that includes Abby giving three Roys doing cartwheels in his underpants. Um, Hill gave it three adequate men and Stuart um, this is my pick of the week uh, maybe it's the teacher in me gave it three and a half pages on what Hope didn't do <laughs> in the holidays thank you very much as always everybody who votes on the Facebook poll I love to see what you thought of the week's Corrie and I'm very very I'm always excited to see what you're scoring out of that's not one of my favourite things <laughs> seeing how creative you guys are with your, with your scores right what is our feedback going to start off with this week Gemma well we've got we've got a review um, which um, I, I'm going to read out. This is an iTunes review. I haven't got the header for this, but um, it is from Emperor Weisenheimer. Is that 20, 27th? The 27th? What? Yeah, it's in Roman numerals. Right, yeah. <laughs> I'm not so good with them. I didn't think Gemma was going to read this out. Um, you, you try, I think you tried to hide this from me. I did try to hide this from you because... Okay. Well, Well, let me read this out. Um, Love this podcast. I've been listening to it for years. However, I can't really relate to what was said on the most recent podcast where Prince Philip passed and Gemma said something like, people shouldn't have anything bad to say unless they've been living and working, in inverted commas, for this country as long as he has. Don't know if your sympathies are different in England, but we Scots by and large reject the crown and the parasitic royal family that do literally nothing for people like us. 
At the end of the day, an extremely racist, entirely privileged and elitist man died comfortably at the age of 99. I can have sympathy for an old man losing her life, old woman, sorry, losing her life partner, but it's incomparable to what I feel at the devastating poverty surrounding me and most of my country. You come off as a bit tone deaf and you don't normally. You usually recognise your privilege and biases, but in this episode, just read as royalist and ignorant. So this has been playing on my mind all week, I'm not going to lie. Um, I was really upset to read that I upset you and I know that you're not the only person who probably had the same feelings because there are lots of lovely people that listen to this podcast who don't like the royal family um, and probably didn't like what I said. When I when I read this originally, I was like, what? what? I didn't say anything wrong. I was just upset. And then I went back and listened to it and I was like, yeah, I did, I did actually I was go sitting off. here next to you and thinking... You kept, the thing is, you kept saying stuff that triggered me to say, I don't care, I'm not interested. <laughs> in what people have to say. And um, I'm going to say... You were very upset that I, evening. I, um, I'm not going to apologise for the way I felt because I was very upset, but what I shouldn't have said, or I didn't, I didn't articulate what I meant to say. Which, and I think, but I think I did kind of hint. <laughs> My problem's not with people that don't like the royal family. Um, and I understand the reasons why you don't like the royal family. Um, but I just don't understand people that chose that day... Um, and the following day, when the guy just died, to talk about how much they hated him and how awful he was. You had 70 years before, an infinite number of years now, to talk about it as much as you like. It was just very upsetting. And I'm sure if you, even if you don't agree with me, you can understand that it, I, I felt upset about it. And I probably shouldn't have gone on about it quite so much. So I'm sorry about that. Um, but I, I wanted to read it out in the interest of being balanced. Okay, that makes so, sense. So, yeah. So, for everybody that was listening to that and going, shut up, who cares? I don't care. I hate him or whatever. I've read out that bit now so that everybody, <laughs> everybody's now been represented, apart from the people that don't care one way or the other, I suppose. <laughs> um, so, yeah, sorry. I, I try not to bring too many things into the podcast that are political or con- controversial that aren't Cory related because God knows there's enough Cory controversy and and stuff that we can get in trouble about talking without bringing in the royal family. So thank you for your review, which was a five-star review. I know, that's, that's um, nice. So I can't complain. I, I, uh, if you ever want to talk about something, you always can email us as well, conversationstreet at gmail.com. Um, but I guess it's a better protest to leave it as a review <laughs> than everybody can read it. So really, I'm really I I do apologise if I upset anybody because I was really upset at the time. But just getting everyone upset all at once is not the best approach. Okay, so you were worried what I was. I was worried say. what you were going like, to say. Don't, don't. I thought you might go off on one again today. I didn't want to go off on one. You didn't. I... Um, I just wanted everybody to understand that it doesn't matter how you feel about it. Um. We can all get along, can't we? And it was, it was kind of, it was a respectful, it was a respectful message. I know, I know. So um, I thought, let's just share it for the people that want to hear that. <laughs> okay, let's, let's um, move but on. But can I just oh, say, when the Queen goes, that, yeah, I'm gonna have to really. <laughs> oh, that's gonna get me. We're gonna, are you gonna have the no podcast that week? It'll just be part of the national morning. I have been worrying about the Queen for a good. 25 years. She's, she's 95 now, isn't she? Yeah, she is. Yeah. Right, so, sorry, right. So we're not going to talk about the royal family... Anymore. Anymore. Sorry. Unless any of them get a part on, Corey. I mean, the person that wrote in was an emperor, so I don't... 
So yeah, so, sorry, sorry. Crutch. Right. <laughs> now he's gonna get. Me in now he's gonna get me in trouble. Right. Let's move on and do the rest of our feedback then. So who is our first feedback from? Our next feedback from this week. It is Nancy. I read this one okay, out. Nancy them. said, "It was wonderful to see Nick leave with Leanne and Simon. I love the design of Carla's dress." I remembered I described it as having the outline of the flowers, but it actually had the whole white flowers oh, in okay. it. I remember, I realised when I saw it. Um, I would like to have seen Jenny at the wedding, she says. I loved it when Carla talked about Hayley. Peter and Carla's wedding vows were amazing. I think Kathy moved in with Yasmin because she felt like she had no other choice. Who is the troll? I wonder if we're... I wonder if it, like... Oh, I still think it's supposed to be no one. It's just a bit weird that it's, it's not that she's moved out of the if it's no the one, I'm going to tell you that. It's not narratively satisfying. Uh, Nancy says, Tyrone's involvement with Alina took a new turn this week when he shagged her. <laughs> I'd say that's a bit of a turn, isn't it? <laughs> turn up with the books. Uh, he also proved that he cannot focus on the girl's needs. Why did he need to call Alina? I thought I'd be telling Kevin she wants Tyrone to move out. It was wonderful. Now I think Fizz should throw him out because they're not on the same page. Yep. I loved Elaine walking out on George after he brought... Eileen, sorry. After I loved... I loved... Eileen walking out on George after he bought her those flowers. That's a story that was stopped and started and yeah. stopped again, isn't it? What's going on there? She loved it when Ed showed the Volkswagen camper van. Cannot wait for Abby's idea for Seb, which was... Dress them up dress like them up. Off. <laughs> And she gave this week's episode three and a half Russian salads out of five and the character of the week was Nick. Lovely, thank you, Nancy. Fangirl over led one, two, three is um, also on the same page as us that this was a great week of Coronation Street. She says, finally, a week that's reminded me why I love Corrie. Yeah. I will put up with all the tedious, repetitive stories for weeks like this. Sharon's return was everything I wanted and more. Gemma, Jenny, Rita and Sharon could be the new Golden Girls. There's already some new Golden Girls. <laughs> Everyone's the new Golden Girls. And I'm totally here for it. That being said, I hope they don't make Sharon an antagonist as that would seem similar to Debbie's return last year. I think that's what I'd like. That's so, a good point, actually. It is a little bit. I think Debbie, the difference with Debbie is it took longer and it was a bit of a twist. Uh, after all this time, Debbie is actually in cahoots with Ray, whereas with Sharon, I mean... She's if, up to something right off the bat. Yeah, basically, we're in no, you know, no doubt about that. Um, Jenny McAlpine, Ali ha- Alan Halsall's acting remains to be the only thing making this story slightly watchable. Remind me again, though, when did Tyrone get his personality transplant? <laughs> On the bright side, welcome back, Evil Hope. You have certainly been missed. <laughs> OK, but I'm kind of ready for the trolling storyline to be over, though. We've squeezed out everything we can from yeah. it. And Faye is the latest in the line of characters wrongfully sent to prison cliche. She's not been wrongfully sent no, to prison. No, she said that. Read it. Oh, did she? To be fair, she did try and kill someone, but they don't <laughs> let you stay in Soapland if you don't have a body or two on your hands. With a mum who killed Phelan and a brother who killed Rick Nealon, aha, that rhymes, she's only following in the family footsteps after yeah. all. It took me a solid ten minutes to recognise Jake. I kind of realised it must be him, but they have replaced the actor who plays Jake recently, I think. I think that particular Jake has been in it once or twice before. But oh, I didn't I recognise him. I wouldn't be surprised if other people were like, who on earth is that? I guessed it was him because Gary was going, ha ha, Jake. <laughs> he was chasing him going, ha ha ha. If it wasn't Jake, then... It's just a know, random child who came in to buy... he needs to go back into prison. <laughs> he 
he's like, I just wanted to buy a singing trout. Leave me alone. Also, I also love how we didn't actually get to see Joseph on screen. <laughs> Nina and Seb are so adorable. Please don't ruin them like you ruin literally every other Corrie couple. Nina and Roy scenes are consistently the most heartwarming yep. thing ever. Heartwarming. Heartwarming <laughs> thing ever. And I'm glad somebody put Roy in his place after all the recent times he said he wasn't an expert on romance. Yeah, and I'm the love child of Albert Tatlock and Eddie Yates. Also, Hayley mentions two weeks in a row and a double Duckworth mention on Wednesday made my heart happy. Aww. I swear, Fizz deserves all the happiness. She had better get it or else. There's not much I can't, I can really do about it, but I'm going to be angry. It's become a tradition that every time I watch Curry, I find myself thinking, how do you solve a problem like Maria? No one should be that involved in their ex's lives. Character of the week is Rita. Good to see her again. And I give it four secret love childs of Sally Metcalf and a hat out of five. Oh, that's right. That's what you were referring <laughs> to earlier. Was she, I, I, was right, I was right that she was shagging the hat, though. Hat. Yeah, how does that work? I'm not going to tell you. I'll show you later. <laughs> <laughs> Rebecca. Get the special box out. <laughs> <laughs> Rebecca says, first things first, I am so happy that Peter and Carla got married. Not just as a fan, but hopefully it means the end of the will they won't lay for a while. Although if Peter ended up dying this week, I don't think I can cope with Carla being the weeping widow either. As for the wedding, well, it was what Carla and Peter wanted, so I wasn't as fast that it was basic. What Rebecca was saying about Peter dying, I think we were, we, we've said a few times in the podcast before, like, oh, but will he die? Will he? Are they going to surprise right out Chris Gascoigne? The fact that he miraculously recovered quite so soon after falling onto the cobbles with, like, barely a scratch on him makes me think he's pretty much invulnerable now. I'm not expecting him to die yeah, now. Yeah, but that's what he's they want He's going to, to be fine. That's what you want, they no, want he's going to be fine. Um, I did laugh at Tracy giving them a week out, a week out of date flowers though. Ken going to Southampton and stopping with a teacher friend who was dying made me laugh so much, and I also wondered if you were okay, Michael. I think you were just dying inside this week. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm science. sorry that you've got work to do. Um, she says. I think Peter will be rushed onto the transplant list and maybe that Linda woman a few months ago might have died and he can have her well, over. She's there because she's got a dodge one, Rebecca. She's there because she, her liver's bad too. Yeah. Maybe they're like, this is what you deserve. <laughs> it's another one that's gone wrong. Um, I don't know. Maybe um, it would be... It was strange that she, never, she kind of was there and then she's never been mentioned again. She was there to... Make to make him think. feel guilty. Uh, Rebecca says, I also enjoyed the Nick and Leanne stuff at the start of the week and I agree, it won't be long before they're back, although it would be good for Jane Danson to have a nice long break. She deserves it. Nick saying he loved her for 23 years was adorable though and probably true. I did feel for poor little Sam and when Nick does eventually return, both Gail and Natasha will want words with him. I also like Gail and Natasha scene too. That's quite sweet. I understand what you mean over the trolling story being b- bigger than what it is, but I'm still enjoying it just based on Melanie Hill getting some screen time. I also agree over the theory about Tracy and the credit card, but I just can't see her stealing from Oliver's fund. However, I do like the trio of Yasmin, Elaine and Kathy living at Yasmin's house, although Kathy hiding there is a bit silly. Yes. I'm also liking Nessa getting mentions, and I agree, I don't think we'll see Alex for a while yet. I did think it might be Bernie doing the trolling to protect Kathy, but now I don't. I also like Kathy and Roy scenes, and also back to the Carla story, glad that Carla asked Roy to give her away. That was really sweet. Looking forward to the hijinks at number six. As for Tyrone, all I can say is dirty cows and my eyes. (laughs) I would not be surprised at all if Alina got pregnant. After all, she is young and fertile. 
Oh, Rebecca, I'm getting flashbacks from watching The Handmaid's Tale. I can... I can't wait for more in Lipman to return so Evelyn could give Ty a good tongue lashing. I just feel for Fizz. Oh, Mike was moving it while Sorry, I was Sorry, I'm just scrolling while you're reading. You Here didn't you need go. to do that. Sorry. I just feel for Fizz. She feels like she's on the right track when Tyrone is sneaking off, texting sweet nothings to Alina. I did like the therapist scene, especially Bernie. What she said was probably wasn't what you wanted to hear, but it was the truth. I'm happy that Ed has confirmed he's Michael's dad, but part of me wonders why they had the story if Ronnie turned out not to be the dad. James saying he was Michael's... Ken was Michael's dad had me howling. I like the camper van scene, though. That was cute. I can see Ronnie going after Jenny, especially if he stops in the robes any longer. But I could see someone like Emma falling for his charms. I do like the actor who plays Ronnie, so I'm happy for him to stop in a while. Emma obviously has no deal whatsoever, no problem at all with age gaps or anything, does she? So uh, Age gaps is just something that you have to just forget about in Coronation Street because they don't, I don't think they really exist as a story. I don't think that they're going to bother exploring that as a story ever because it's just pointless because it limits, it then automatically just limits who you can put people together with, if that makes any sense. And I've lost where I am again. Um, you are exactly Emma falling yeah. for his I, charms. Uh, I like the actor who plays Ronnie, so I'm oh, happy yeah, yeah. to stop for a while. On to the smaller stories, and George and Arlene stuff was filler, but just get them together, please, if they're going to be together. I could sense Jess liking Craig. Like Michael said, she hasn't come back in just to tell Craig the good news. Finally, Seb and Nina, filler, but sweet. I also want to see Harry dressed up like a goth. I think he could pull it off. I'm liking Abby being in the scenes with Seb and being supportive. Character of the week is Nick, and I give it three and a half. Cars that are coloured a sick green, which is also Alina's favourite colour, out of five. Lovely. Thank you very, very much. And that is it. Oh, no, it's not it. We have got one more. I forgot, because we have got a new patron this month. I want to say thank you. And this is to Stephanie. Stephanie Siler. Cheers very much for supporting us on Patreon. Thank you. Very much appreciated. Yay. And Stephanie has sent us a message yes. on Patreon. So I'm going to read that out as I find a piece That's of feedback That's right. If you're a patron, week. you can send us messages on Secret Patreon. Secret messages. Yeah. She says, I discovered your podcast around the same time the pandemic started, and I'm so glad I did. Well, we're glad you did too. Yeah. Thank you for keeping me company during the never-ending lockdown. I look forward to your show every week and I've enjoyed going through the past episodes to get your take on some great Corey storylines. The interviews are a lot of fun too. Michael is a really great interviewer. Thanks. You are. Gemma, I loved your comments last week. Read the Fizz, Tyrone, Alina storyline. The whole time I was thinking, yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> Fizz has been yeah. treated like garbage by Tyrone and it's really upsetting that some people think she did anything to deserve this. Yes, it is. I got so mad at last week's episode when Tyrone was on the phone to Alina right after his conversation with Fizz and went upstairs to tell Alina all about it like a gossipy teenager. The betrayal. Ugh. Fizz deserves so much better. Yes. I don't want her to take Tyrone back when Alina inevitably dumps him. Yes, that's right. Fizz should get together with Lucas. What the hell? Or ideally a new (laughs) character who can sweep her off her feet and make Tyrone realise what he lost. Yeah. I'm curious. What is your ideal outcome for the Fizz and Tyrone story? I think we've already talked about this a little bit, haven't we? Um, I I don't want them to get back together. I want Tyrone to live the rest of his life regretting what he did to that poor woman. No, I don't think so. I, I know I he do. doesn't deserve to have Fizz back again, but I think I'd still like them to be a couple. I do not like the idea of Fizz and Lucas whatsoever, but, you know, <laughs> if the right person comes along for Fizz, the thing is, I can, like, at the moment, I can't think, or well, who would Fizz be paired up with? If there was just if it was just some random person on the street, like, oh, who's her age, roughly, or maybe a bit older or a little bit younger, they could team her up with, it, would, it could potentially feel like a bit of a forced pairing, Maybe if they brought somebody in that was absolute, absolutely lovely and nice and good for her, maybe that would work. 
But then, you know, maybe somebody on the street is perfect for her because I would have never have said, you know, Seb and Alina, obviously they're destined to each other, but that has clearly worked. So I guess you never know. You never know. Anyway, Stephanie ends by saying that she loves that our shows are three hours long and she knows that this is a contentious issue, but she needs her curry fix. Yeah. Well, there it is. Thank you very much. It's probably longer than three hours this It week. might be today. It felt like it was a bit of a longer street talk this week because we were gushing so much about it. <laughs> it wasn't even a massive long Gemma rant or anything. No. We'd better finish it then, hadn't we? I mean, it's a, it's another late one. I've got to get up early tomorrow. So I'm going to finish this off by saying thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Coronation Street, for making a good episode. Hooray! And um, don't forget to listen to our bonus podcast if you want to know a little bit about Sharon's Shut backstory. In. What did she do in 1982 and 1999 in Coronation Street? Um, I know that they've kind of referenced most of it on the show, but we got a pretty detailed We've got account. the details we that you don't details. know about. So listen. Yeah. If you'd like to email us, we are at conversationstreet at gmail.com or you can leave comments on our blog over at conversationstreet.podbean.com. I think if you leave comments on the Podbean app, it also appears on that blog there as well. Um, we are on iTunes. You can give us reviews or just, you know, criticise <laughs> anything that one of us has said and give us a five-star review. That's fine. I think I'm glad that you kind of smooth things over there, Joe. I don't know if I have. I... I... I think you um, have. I think I don't know. It's up to it's up to everybody who's listening to make their own minds up about it. It's not something that I want to talk about again on the show. I think maybe I would say I'd we'd prefer it if you use the review section for giving reviews of the show. Well, that was my fault for talking about it when I should have been talking about Coronation Street. Um, we're on Instagram. Follow us there. We're on Twitter. Follow us there if you don't already. Facebook. YouTube. Did we put up? Oh, we put Spider's uh, character profile up on YouTube yesterday, didn't we? Because it was World Earth Day, and uh, we were going to put somebody else. World Earth Day. What about Earth World Day? When's that? <laughs> it was. Um, we were going to put someone else, and then we decided about three hours before the uh, it was scheduled to go up. Or oh, maybe we should do Spider. So we quickly knocked together that video there, and I was still at school and did it there. Um, it's very interesting. I thought that yeah. Spider one. Well, I'm really enjoying watching Spider on ITV three at the moment. I think he's a fab character. And well, just see, had if you're a... watching classic, you might want yeah. to listen to the. Uh, there will be spoilers. There in will it. be some spoilers in there, yeah. And, and don't forget to follow. Um, our brand new account Yay! on social media. Gemma, how do we find it? At Curry Collect on Twitter. on Twitter, which unfortunately sounds a bit like it's Curry Collect Your Money <laughs> for charity purposes, and at Curry Collective on um, spread Instagram. the word. Nothing's happened yet on either of them. You've posted a couple of tweets. I've You've done got some a couple tweets. of followers. I haven't got any. I don't know what to put pictures of. Sad people, children on ban- looking through banisters. Yeah, <laughs> well, I'll I'll work it out. But it's a little um, project coming up, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, what you're going to do with that? Something that might be something cool. Yes, we don't. And, we don't want it to just um, you know language. disappear off. You're just lecturing me because you know that's what I'm going to. I'm very bad at following through. You, I will. You are I will do right. it. I'll do it for the children looking through banisters. <laughs> that's it. Um, I enjoyed that podcast. I hope you I all hope enjoyed listening to it too. It. I hope you enjoyed. I hope, hope we didn't, you know waffle on too long and have a lovely it, weekend and we week and life and we'll see you later yeah have a good weekend goodbye we think you're awesome ta the music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com. dot